Are you sitting comfortably? Good. Then we'll begin. We shall be as a city upon a hill. The eyes of all people are upon us. They can tell us we're crazy, and we can say, well, you haven't seen anything yet. Our society is complex, and we teach our students that they could just fix it. Go fix a military helicopter and see how far you get with that. So I talk whenever <laughs> I talk, and that's how I, I work. That's fair. So, Dylan, I suppose, um, thanks for coming here. No problem. I didn't know we were starting this quickly. I thought we were going to get to know each other first, but fucking hell. Mate, how, so hold on, what's it been, 19 years? Yeah, 19, unfortunately. That's kind of weird though, because I was having the conversation with Maeve today. She was like, you've known him so long. And I was like, I realize that now. It doesn't feel like it though. September of 2000, oh, I was going to say 2001, but it's 2002. Uh, close yeah, there. Good, um, different highlights in our lives, you know? Fuck man, do you, do you know what the weirdest thing is? When you're telling me that people born in like 2006 are like 15, I still can't, I don't know if you can, because close enough in age, obviously, I can't comprehend the ages of people who are still born after 2000. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, when you see someone who's like, oh, 2002, and you're like, oh, how old are you? And like, oh, I'm 19. <laughs> after COVID, it's going to be so crazy when people in like 2003 are in clubs. Yeah. That, I don't like that. I was thinking about that, how people will turn 18 and not be able to go to a club. Like, you yeah. know when you turned 18? You're like, ah, oh, fuck yeah, go yeah, to a club. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Euro. Nights out. Yeah, yeah. and then it, it, it turns into, like now people are indoors and you're barely able to go to college in, in physical form. Yeah. You can't go out to a club. That's going to be shit. It's weird because I feel like with every generation you have that like weird transition from like Dicey's, you go from Dicey's and then you go to a different club. And you, go, you end up in you Coppers eventually. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we're going to have to skip that middle one and go straight to Coppers, man. Mm. We're already 90 at this point. Like, will 18-year-olds now know about the glory days of Dicey's? Yeah. Are the Brazilians still here? <laughs> no, they're all gone. The <laughs> Brazilians are gone. They all got fined 200 quid when they came over. Remember that? When that happened? Well, they brought in the mandatory hotel quarantine as well now. Yeah, you have to pay like two in. grand or something like that. Balls, mate. Yeah. Why? why? Why are they still allowing people in the country? Well, <laughs> they should allow people in the country. People shouldn't have to quarantine. I don't know what's right anymore. I don't. We had this chat earlier. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't. I don't know what's right at this point. Yeah. I'm so. I'm so off left field. I think everything's right. I think everyone just wants the best for people. You know what I mean? You just hope that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone wants the best, and different people have different ways of hoping what the best is. I don't think anyone really knows. It's a decent point, but it's weird when you think of it that way, because I was watching the Meghan Markle thing with me. I haven't seen yet, to be fair. Yeah. So for context, there's a big thing about Pierce Morgan. He just like walked off. Oh, I saw that. Because yeah. he was like, oh, he was like, no, I think she's lying. She's not telling the truth. And then this guy went on and tried to defend her, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, um, he was like, no, I've had enough. I've had enough. And he just walked off the set. Of his like Good Morning Britain, yeah. He's like, ah, oh, mate, come on, a bit unprofessional. Have you seen the clip of him talking about Meghan Markle? Which one? Oh, on Ryan Tuberty. Piss more it. Yeah. No. Oh. The reason why he hates Meghan Markle is because he was on Ryan Tuberty, and she basically te- they were talking, they were texting back and forth, mm. and then she went to like a session where she met Harry, and at that session they like started to get to know each other. That was the last time we ever heard from Meghan Markle. So I think he's a little bit jealous that he got like, he got given the, he got ghosted basically by Meghan Markle and he has it out for her. But at least she was on Ryan Tuberty talking about it. He's like, yeah, I got ghosted. I got ghosted. I and heard, the whole crowd's laughing. And it was like from a few years ago. I heard that he was like, they ran in the same circle or something. Yeah. And they had a falling out. Cause like your man on Good Morning Britain brought that up. He was like, I know you used to be friends with her, but not anymore. So I know you're hurting him. That. And he's like, he's like, no, no, I've had enough. I'm going to like, come on. Man. How old are you? Cop on, how long have you been on television for? 
it's ca- it's kind of funny when like these people who are like on like these these news shows and shit they're like they're they take everything so personal when she got married to harry or started going out i was kind of thinking that there's no one better suited to this role than an actor mm. you know what i mean because you always have to keep a straight face and you have to know yes. when to be on and what to do and i feel like an actor is probably the best person to do that which is why not that i would take what she says with a pinch of salt or be kind of skeptical because like they came across very genuine in the interview especially yeah. harry because there's been i saw like a video of clips of him speaking out being like hey england hate the royal family don't want to be here which is fair. Yeah, like, <laughs> if you're born into this thing that killed your mom, like, what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, I, I'm a big fan of The Crown. Love The Crown. I haven't seen it, but oh. I've heard Raven reviews. After you finish Peaky Blinders, I highly recommend you switch yeah. over to The Crown, especially even just for the Diana series. Yeah. Because it's so well done. My nanny is 91. Since right? she's 206. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, let, but for context, she's, she was over in Britain for like 30 years. Mm. Love the royal family. Mm. So back in when I was younger, I was like, fuck the royal family, like trying to be a rebel kind of thing. Um, but she watched The Crown, the first two episodes, and she hated it. Really? Yeah. Which is weird because she'd be the first person I think, hi, oh, loves uh, the royal family kind of job. Probably because it showed the true side of them. Yeah. It showed them, like, it shows them in an almost realistic light, yeah. if that makes sense. They're just a spicy family who said, oh, God likes us, like, yes, we got palace. And everyone's <laughs> like, oh, really? okay, I guess that's fair. Like, that's pretty much it actually yeah. yeah i mean when it came to the diana stuff and i know that was in well she died in 1997 so it was like a parent right. i know i know i know there's a ton of stories about that i was just she actually went to argentina and was living with hitler until hitler died i don't have heard about that and then she inherited his fortune and yeah just kept on living there. yeah yeah she's actually the queen of argentina right now <laughs> these people diana. like but she like, can you imagine having this all around you your whole life your mom dies and then all you hear is she died because of the pressure that your family put her under. Yeah. You're part of this thing. And Harry went on about like how they're all like trapped. And he's like, my brother's trapped. My father's trapped. His dad is such a cunt. Sorry. Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure he, as an individual, fine. But the, the idea that you have, he was married to Diana, still had his love affair going on with Camilla, yeah. who's his mistress for the longest time even yeah. before he met diana so was still going out with her when he was with diana and then would make constant trips up to her whenever him and diana had a rough patch and she was also married yeah and it was her husband was having or was rumored to be having an affair with charles's sister so princess Anne. yes yeah yeah something like that and so it's just it's a weird love triangle but <laughs> Can, you, TV show, can you imagine, you know, that your dad is now married to the girl that he cheated on with your mom? Yeah. And your mom's dead suddenly from with this family that has Whoa. all this influence. Like, yeah. Suddenly she died. What, 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 what happened? You, what Where did you go? Where'd she go? Yeah, like, it's just, it's insane. And he's actually now married to Camilla, yeah. who he was going out with the whole time. Yeah. <sighs> it's The funniest part about all this is that the royal family tree is a circle. Have you seen that image? Is this like they're all incestual? The Queen and Charles. Mm-hmm. Charles is the the hundred and one year old. That's that's Philip. Philip. So I always got Philip and Charles mixed up. Yeah, yeah. Philip and the Queen are like they're they're the same grandparents or something like that, or same great grandparents. They're they're like linked in a way where like they actually are like fourth cousins or third cousins or something like that. That would make sense. Yeah, and it's all linked back together because he is Philip and So he he was originally like German or something, or his parents were Austrian, yeah. and they fled during the Nazi occupation. Yeah. Because I don't know, his like his sister or something was like hardcore Nazi. Yeah. And they just like kept that on the road. They're like, no, no, that's kind of funny. We don't talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was taken in by I think the Queen's uncle or something. So his he was knighted as like Philip Mountbatten, 
So all the kids' second name are like Mountbatten Windsor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were trying to look up Harry's second name. He doesn't have one anymore. It used to be... Michael. Uh, <laughs> what? Michael. <laughs> yeah. It's 2021. Get yeah, the times. But it was... Would you do that? I'd have a double barrel name. No, sorry. For me, yeah. I'd keep my name. You wouldn't change I... your name? No. Really? Yeah. Okay. There's not enough columns out there. Man. Sorry. Okay. I guess I we're keep... not feminist in I gotta this keep room. That. No, no, no. I mean, when it comes to kids, I would... I'd go for the double barrel if if my wife didn't want to take my name. Mm-hmm. I'd at least have the kids have a double barrel. I don't give a shit what my partner wants. Mm. No, that's this. Okay. Let me, let me, let me. I'm the feminist. Of the <laughs> I actually just could not no. care less. If my par- I mean, if my partner wants to take green, it's a beautiful name, green. Or not, I don't care. When it's my kids, I kind of still have this. It's, it's completely selfish for me. I kind of want my kids to just have my name because I had a double barrel name. I like Keely Green. Green. Yeah. yeah my I'm, mom still calls you Keely Green. Yeah. She's like, oh, I was like, oh, mom, I'm going to see Dylan and Dylan Keely Green. I'm like, yeah. Fuck's sake. I, was saying he's Dylan Green. I just hate how, because there's only two people in our class that don't borrow a name, you know? Um, oh, you and Alana. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I, we, we, like, we bonded over, like, oh, don't borrow names. It's kind of crap, aren't they? You know what I mean? And that's why I got, I got my name changed in terms of, like, all of my documents when I was 12. Really? When I was 12, yeah. My passport and everything was changed from Dylan Keely Green to Dylan Green. Everything was changed because I hated Keely so much. Why? Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't like the double barrel name. It just was like a interesting. Yeah, that's. I always feel like double kids with double barrel uh, kids with double barrel names are smarter. I don't know why. Well, here's the thing. What if you have a kid with double barrel names and another kid with double barrel names and they get married? Do they have four names or like no. what's the? Well, do they just pick one of their favorite names and give it to yeah. the kid? It's like you'd probably pick green. You wouldn't pick Keely Green. I know that you've had a change, but I mean, yeah, in, in, that in a hypothetical. Yeah, that's a weird hypothetical. One. Yeah, I feel like just there's not enough. That, that's that's that private school family circle. <laughs> There's not enough people who have two double barrel name parents. That's fair. I mean, I, I wouldn't like, yeah, because I wouldn't. I would like if the person who I was married to took my name because yeah. I'm old fashioned. What yeah. can I say? But if you're paying for dinner, they're taking your name. Yeah, it has to be done. <laughs> so, but I, I wouldn't mind giving the kids like a, a double barrel name. I didn't let them choose. Whatever the fuck. That'd yeah. be all right. Like they can change it later on if they want to. Yeah. You know, I'm just there to guide them. Isn't it weird that we we basically weird tangent, but that we tell kids what the sound that they should respond to is as a concept so like, as a concept. So like your parents had you like ryan is what we're going to call him just a couple syllables ryan yeah just out of nowhere it's just weird that society we've come back to the conversation earlier i think we've advanced too much man oh yeah we have this conversation where you said we've advanced enough to the point where we should just focus on people so yeah, yeah. i'm not so- i'm not a socialist i'll say that much but i love people that's a good way to be um do you think people are inherently good? Define that for me a little more, because that's a very... Do you think people go about their day-to-day life with the sole... Sorry. When given the opportunity, would choose doing good for other members of society over, say, not? I think too many people are too hurt to even think about others. So is this like, hurt people, hurt people? I actually saw that earlier on TikTok. That's a beautiful quote. Not that hurt people hurt people. I think hurt people don't think about anyone but themselves, which is not a bad thing. That's not like, obviously you're going to do that. I'm not saying, well, you should think about other people. I think people who are dealing with their own shit shouldn't have to think about other people. So I think we're in a, especially now, and especially with, again, with, with fucking the lockdowns and everything. And, and even just in general with where mental health is at right now, and kind of the political divide, I feel like a lot of people are like, shut off. Don't interact with anyone. Oh, fuck. Gotta figure out my own shit. You know? That's but funny. I do have faith in people. I think people are beautiful. I think people have the faith to grow. You know, as with all of us, we're just, I, I assume, I would like to assume that everyone is in the boat. They just want to progress. That's fair. 
I mean, I have faith in people too, and I don't like pe- people who don't. Essentially, mm. when people say, "Oh, I've lost, I've lost faith in humanity," I don't think that's, I don't think that's the right way to go about living. Essentially, because then you're going to treat everyone as if they're failed before you even get in contact with them. I don't also think that people are inherently good. I don't. I think good and evil is a is a is a as a concept. I mean, it's a, it's an opinion. Yeah. Well, there's a quote I like from Mr. Alexander Solzhenitsyn that goes, "The line between good and evil runs through the heart of every man," mm-hmm. and I think that's very true. I think you can be swayed to one or the other. And I think depending on your circumstances, you're going to be inclined to one or the other. And it, it does take a lot of growth, say, as a person yeah. and cop on to realize that maybe if I treat someone with a little bit of compassion and kindness, it'll get me further than just furthering my own cause. You're a big World War II buff, right? I enjoy the history. You were back in the day. You were like, uh, yeah, that, was your, that was your big go-to. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had those school book fair library yeah. things that I always grabbed the World War II books. Yeah. Yeah. I, the only like... Uh, in terms of like video game and kind of like pastime I do now is a World War 2 game what and like it? World War 2 content Hearts of Iron I don't know if you've no, heard of it no. basically it's just like a simulation game where you're, you pick one of the World War 2 countries and you play anyway oh. not important but because of that I've got a little more into World War 2 and I've kind of watched a few more videos yeah. the amount of shit that the Allies did that is insane that completely went against like the, the Convention, I suppose. Yeah, yeah and like what you should have been doing and like the Art of War and shit like that just completely against it but it was accepted because of the fact that Oh, well, you won. When Americans are like, oh, well, the Japanese people, you know, you've had horrible, uh, horrible things. They put the American, Japanese and Chinese people into, con- into, into labor inter- camps. camps. Yeah, yeah. internment camps, whatever. Yeah. They didn't kill them, to they, be fair. No. So it's not, com- it, not that it's comparable, but like at the yeah. same time, you know. But like, is the argument there or could it be made that that was for their own safety as well? I don't know if I believe that history is written with everything told to us. 100% not. No. I think that there's a lot of shit, even in World War II. Even in World War II, because again, the the transformation of information is so much mm. less accessible than it is these days. Mm. I think a lot of shit probably happened that we never heard about. One hundred percent. Like no one is one hundred percent good. Yeah. No one's one hundred percent evil too. There was a thing I heard about Hitler recently, where there was. <laughs> you defend Hitler now? <laughs> I am actually. I'm going to say he did. Like it's. I'm not saying he was a good person. Uh, this isn't praise, support, or representation of Adolf Hitler or the hate organization. He's reading off the terms of service, like, fuck up to make sure I cover all this. <laughs> if I put this in a clip, this is just to make sure that it's not praising, supporting, or representing the cause of Adolf Hitler or the Nazi party. But I will say that I heard on the internet of all places that Adolf Hitler, there was a letter written to him by a Jewish community in America to give back the what? Or sorry, it could have been the American Jews mm-hmm. to give back their husbands from the concentration camps and i'm fairly sure he did it yeah like it's just stuff like that where you you know whatever you want to say there, there wasn't can i put it it doesn't right any of the wrongs at all it doesn't make him a good person but it's strange to think of him doing that didn't think we jump onto politics this quickly neither but i think everyone even the worst the worst evil people that we say in society are genuinely just thinking of what's best for the people closest to them. There are people who are misguided, and that happens because we don't have these conversations. It happens because these echo chambers and these circles happen. Is that not cognitive dissonance? Yeah, in like, a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't do what's best for you and everyone. I mean, that's where you should start, I suppose, but you shouldn't be a leader doing that. Oh, obviously, yeah, 100%. But you know what I mean? Like, to... is, is the concept of a leader something that's outdated? Uh, no, I think the concept of leaders who are unqualified is outdated. Yeah. Like, if you look at, and I'll bring this back to the Irish government and say, if you look at Leo Radcliffe, who was the Minister for Health, <laughs> what a king, he was the Minister for Health, he was a doctor, that makes sense. Who's the Minister for Health now? Was he a doctor? I think it was a teacher beforehand. I don't know who the Minister But gen- like, generally, 
people who move up the ladder in terms of the political realm are teachers. Yeah. And or you know, civil servants in some regard. Yeah, yeah. They're not exactly qualified. Or landlords, fucking hell, like <laughs> these days. But they're not exactly qualified to be in the positions they're in. Like Leo as a doctor, and I'm only using because it's the example I know that makes sense. As a doctor being the head of like the Minister for Health, that makes sense because he's a doctor. If you have someone who is a teacher and is now the Minister for Transport, what? Well, when Simon Harris goes and goes, well, there was 18 COVIDs before this one. It's like, all right, well, this person has no clue what he's talking about. And he's a Minister for Health. Yeah. Yeah. Is he a doctor? No, I don't think so. Like, I can't be saying that. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, but do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. there's the idea of, of a philosopher king is the way things should be. Yeah. So there's someone who has to be in power that also understands the different ways in which countries are run. I wish that when people went into public service that they had to do a course in politics and understand the different ways of governance, the different forms of governance that it takes. Like, okay, are we like a social democracy? Are we like, how far left do we lean? How far um, encroaching are our social services? How far, how much of the private sector do we allow? Do we allow mm-hmm. like a symbiosis between the two? Do we like, are we going to lean hard on something? Or are we going to take a soft approach? Or what's the best way to do it? And I just feel like there's not enough education when it comes to the actual politics that yeah. politicians go through. Does that make sense? I think if I'm to bluntly put it down i think the people leading the parties in this country are vastly underqualified and have no fucking clue what they're doing partly because of the fact that we're a country with only four million people mm. we're a very small country we just happened we had said this earlier as well um we're a country that is just lucky enough to have our culture be spread across the world because we've influenced so heavily and we obviously had a massive um amount of immigration yeah so it's led to being us, us being pushed in culture. But if you take the, the main parties right now, I think the only party that, because you know what, what I thought about in the previous election, the only party I have any faith in, and even that minimal faith would be Sinn Féin, to lead this country. I do. I think the only party that I have any faith, because I think besides, when, when you look at Fianna Gael and you look at Fianna, Fianna Fáil, get out kind of thing. Fair. When you look at Fianna Gael and, and what they've done for the country and the positives that they've done for the country, sure, there is there. Yes, there is, there is a positive budget for like three years in a row, I think. You know, but I think when you look at the country of Ireland, where we descend it to now, I just, I don't, I have no faith. Mm. This is something we drastically disagree on. I just don't like Sinn Féin. And I don't mean like the old Sinn Féin, as in the one that fought for Ireland and all that jazz. The Sinn Féin of 100 years ago, by all means. The Sinn Féin of now, led by Mary Lynn MacDonald, I don't agree with. I think they're too, they're too much of a populist party to the left. And it's everyone who hates the landlords and hates whatever governance and hates conservatism in in any form will opt for Sinn Féin because the idealistic version of a united Ireland is so when I when I went that's in, not the only reason no I know it's not the only reason but it's it's one of them and they feel like they're for the people and you know whatever and for inclusion it, but it, it goes too far I think from what I read and funny enough can't remember of their literature I just think they go too far in, in the guise of going for social justice and going for people who want to make money. The mm-hmm. idea is like, eat the rich, tax the rich. And it's like, that's not the way we should do things, if anything. To be fair, the only other people I have faith in are the gr- Greens or... Fianna no, Gale. you don't have faith in the Greens. I feel, like the, I feel like the Greens will come through because of the fact that everyone loves the environment now. The environment is popular and everyone, everyone's going to hop on it. Well, they're, very, they're, they're pro-UBI, which is something that I am very... How can you be very much against UBI and then be for Sinn Féin? No, I'm pro-UBI. Sorry, okay. Which sense. is which is I I don't think we've had this chat before and it's something that uh, other people that that we know would uh, would very much critique. I think especially 
being in the arts and being someone who's a musician, I think UBI as a concept, depending on how it's put into place, I think it should be more of a temporary thing, again, to get you off your feet, get you back in the workforce. Right now with the PUP, I just think the setup is very much like, ah, you'd be grand kind of thing. I don't like that. You know, like when I've been on the PUP since we, we closed down the business and um, no one's checking up with me. No one's checking up. Have you have you applied for jobs? Are you mm. doing X, Y, Z? And it's like, I, I don't feel good. I feel like the government's giving me free money. Yeah. You know, I live in a home. I don't necessarily need that money, you know? Mm. So I feel a little bit like in that situation, it's not being done. It's people in the fucking, the people, homeless people who are out in the streets right now who need fucking money. And the government's like, ah, you know, fuck them. There is the argument to be made, though, that the homeless people on the streets who need the money won't exactly do the best thing with it for them specifically. I disagree. I but think that's why. That's why. <laughs> All right, Siri. <laughs> that's why I feel like people who will get a form of income like that that just handed them like they have a system now where you get like food stamps or whatever it is. You know, so it's like, we know what you're buying. You're not mm-hmm. buying cigarettes. You're not buying lottery tickets. You're not buying uh, betting slips. You're buying food for your family. Betting slips and, uh, and like, gambling or whatever, there's a different side. That's something I, we've had that chat where something I blew thousands of euro on in the past. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so I've, I've been in there. But mm. I think when it comes to stuff like cigarettes and when it comes to stuff like, like, we are something we're both very pro on. You know what I mean? And I'll, I'll, I make that, I yeah. mention every fucking song that I put out, like, oh, I'm smoking yeah. or whatever. I'm very full bag up the sleeve. Yeah, full bag up the sleeve. To be fair, it's something I'm very pro, and I think of people who are homeless who like to divulge in weed because it makes their day go by a little mm. bit better, and that's what they're spending a, a small fraction of their money on. I don't think there's an issue with that. Mm. You know? Something that's quite different that is kind of a same but different is when it comes to weed. When I smoke it, it's usually at like the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. I'm relaxing. Um, this is I'm shut off for the night. I'm ready to, yeah, you know, sacrifice myself for a while and just like get lost in something and enjoy the ride, right? How do you think you can smoke weed and be productive as an artist? Because that's something that a lot of artists do. I have cried many a time and wrote many a songs high. Really? Yeah, hundred percent. Interesting. Um, for me. Green is the gateway drug to, and it's funny because Dylan Green. I was going to say just a second name. Um, We'll we'll mention that my dad's a drug dealer. We was a drug dealer, but we'll get into that later. Um, We'll we'll tell that little story because that's a very interesting story. Um, But for me, when it comes to Green, it's very much opening the the idea vault Mm -hmm. and going shit. That's a good idea, and recording a seven minute uh, video outside of me doing like saying and, and doing stupid shit, and then me looking back the next morning going. 20 seconds of that is usable. Let's make that idea or something. You so know? is that how you get your TikToks? How I get my... TikToks? No. No? No, no, I just... No. I, they're, they're whacked out on the spot. No. But when it comes... Some of them, to be fair. But when it comes to, like, concepts or ideas for me, it's very much, like, maybe 50% of them are when I'm intoxicated. I go, oh, fuck, that's a really good idea. Mm. And then I'll, I'll record something that's stupid. And then the next morning I'll go, oh, I like that. That's kind of... Interesting. Yeah. Because I haven't been... Like, when I smoke weed, it's it's like... I, not that I don't want to function, because mm-hmm. I can, but it's like... I'm residing myself that I'm not. I'm not going to produce anything now. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm not an artist by any stretch of the imagination. But even if it comes to writing something, like for the exam, Zoic, it's not that I would do it high. Not that I don't think it'd be good. I just think that it wouldn't be as coherent. I think. I, I think Ed Sheeran. Someone's more like more philosophical said this, but Ed Sheeran. I think also said this is mm. write drunk and edit sober. That makes sense. Like I can't remember who who said that specifically, yeah. but 
I think that's a beautiful way of like you're getting when you're when you're high when you're drunk whatever you're gonna get out these emotions you're gonna open up this vault of feeling yeah. that you may be a little bit some people may be a little bit closed off to whereas when you're more intoxicated you're like oh fuck I can open up these emotions I can feel these things because I'm not putting this barrier in front of myself I'm not trying to portray a different person here you know that makes sense and I like to tap into that yeah. as well I get that I mean for me it's just I know I think part of it is that I just want. And this can sound very toxic, I suppose. I just want to be in another place. I don't want to experience this reality. I want to let go for a while. I think that's also fair, though. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I prefer it to be to drinking. Yeah. If, if, I, if I had a choice where I could lose one for the rest of my life, it would definitely be alcohol. Man, these days you give me whiskey. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I might take it. I mean... Yeah, we're on the whiskey. Whiskey right whiskey's quite nice. Especially I, this Buffalo Trace, Jeff. I think we... Did we mention this last time in the last podcast or no? What? That we were Me getting sick in the wall? With the whiskey? Oh, I think Danny did, yeah. Okay, yeah. Basically, the last time I had, I, I, I started whiskey was in, in January of 2018. And um, myself, Ryan, whiskey and, a concept. and uh, Ryan's young one, and, and Danny, were, one of our mates, were, was in Krakow. And uh, we were going pre-drinks before I met up with you and, uh, and Maeve, who they obviously know from the couple episodes in the podcast. Um, but we, Danny was daring me, oh, like, go on, take a shot of, of whiskey, take a shot of whiskey. And I cannot handle whiskey. Yeah. So I, I took the shot of whiskey and I sipped it rather than downing it. And then just got sick all over I'm the world. About this, yeah. yeah, but now I'm into whiskey. Now I'm I'm, I'm getting a taste from it. I'm mad now. I know? think everyone slowly builds up. One of the things that I've been uh, told to get into by the many people on the internet is cigars. Yeah. Because I feel like that's the. High- I feel like, but I don't know if I'm at the right age yet. Like, yeah. I'm, do I wear the right clothes? Is is sitting in my like tracksuit the right frame yeah. of mind to be in when smoking a cigar? Gotta be in a suit. Getting yeah. a cigar. Like, or like just hell. just dress normally. And I also like to do it somewhere where I'm comfortable. You know. Yeah. I wish I had vents or something in in this room that would just suck out all the. All the smoke. Yeah. I think we could just smoke weed in here as well. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. But what was I going to say? Yeah, when it comes to wanting to escape, I feel like that's almost a toxic way to look at it. But at the same time, I'm like, I should be like this, right? Also, I've been microdosing uh, with psilocybin. Yes, for the past yes, while. yes. Tell us about that. Hypothetically. And <laughs> <laughs> just in case. And it's been interesting. So I reached out to this company on Instagram because I was getting ads on Facebook. They're called. Mm-hmm earthresonance.bio i think is their website <laughs> yeah and it's mostly like truffles you get in amsterdam yeah right so <laughs> which we have beautiful times yeah right? yeah i know and um so i was kind of curious so i asked them if they deliver to ireland and how, how would that work and they're like we haven't had any problems so far but you know look up the laws in your own country wink face so that i was like okay, okay you sold me yeah. And I'm, I, I usually when I message accounts, it's on the exam and stoic. So I have that credibility. Yeah. So they're like, oh, you, <laughs> you got followers. Can you, can okay. you yeah. So they were like, oh, we'll throw in free lines main and a free scale. So now I have like one of those small drug dealer scales as well. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And they have a whole protocol that they do as well. So you have to go in and you have to like set your intentions, meditate on it. And then they have like a, a scorecard for each day, like your spirituality, how you're feeling in these different areas and yeah. give yourself a grade and all that good stuff. So I sent some intentions. I was like just thinking about it for a while, and they came in the post like no problem. It, I was like ah oh, amazing. On post talk one, look at them like ah oh, crap. Good go to on, know. <laughs> Good to know. They look at that postcode and they're like oh, that's decent. Yeah. Go for it. So our posh area be grand. So I got it and I was like ah oh, insane. Opened it and there's two like small airtight bags of that like tr- they look exactly like the troubles we have. Yeah, yeah. And so I think the guidance is to take. Anywhere from 0.3 to 0.5 grams for at the start, and then work your way up until you feel some physical effects. Yeah. Stop there and then take two off it. Yeah. So again, when it comes to this stuff, my mind isn't exactly on the science all the time. 
So I'm like, okay, I'll take a gram and see how I feel. And I kind of felt nothing. I was like, oh, all right. So this is this is how it's supposed to feel. So like, I wonder at what point will I start feeling something and then I'll just draw it back. Yeah. Uh, I'm currently two grams. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and I've been all right. Like I did it today. Yeah. Like today is like a dose that you take it, you do it one day and then take, take a day off. Yeah. Fair. So I did it today and it's for the first 10, I'd say maybe like, no, I'd say for the first hour or something, you almost feel high. Almost. And then it weighs off a little bit. You're fully cognizant. Like you, you, you can think properly, you can speak properly, you can do your job properly, whatever. And then it just kind of weighs away. And you're like, oh, okay. And I don't, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm, if it's doing something. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I do, I like, I am kind of happier, I suppose. And I've been steadily happier for longer periods of time, if that makes sense. So, so it's kind of expanding that kind of the bursts of happiness into more like flourishing chill times is what you're saying yeah it's like there hasn't been any serious crash in my emotion which usually yeah. i find sometimes like i'll have a week of being like good and then like two days of mm. everything shit and then back up again yeah and i haven't just i haven't had that it's been like quite consistent again i'm only at it like what are we uh what day does it say the uh 12th 10th 10th yeah so i'm only at it like 10 days maybe yeah so but it's interesting you know and again, I'm like, I'm eating it. So, you know, the horrible taste that it has. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, so, it's so bad. When I eat it, I'm so... like, oh, I remember this. Oh, yeah. I'll never forget because you did like twice the amount that the rest of us did in Amsterdam. I tried. And you conked out. That was at the end though. That yeah. was after everything. After everything we've been through. After what's, traveling through space the, and time. What's the thing? What is the thing? Beautiful quote. Oh my God. It was like reality. What is, what is the thing? If you could sum up the thing in a few words. <laughs> Fuck. It was like something was going on and it was a force stronger than us and it's like we were experiencing this force and that was the thing that was going through all of us at the same time Interesting. Does that, that, that's actually so you pretty... think it's more of a social thing how do you mean you think the thing is more of a social i think the thing is more of like an experience it's an experience yeah yeah because it changes your reality and you just go through it so you're going through the thing and it's like what is the thing what are we all doing right now what is this thing we're going through it's space and time. We're traveling at a million miles a minute and everything is spinning and everyone's laughing and then people can't talk. And oh, it's such a good time. To be fair, one of the things they say is don't smoke green. Uh, or like On top of it. Yeah, they're like, don't do drugs. So um, I'm excited to see what happens after this. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink for the, yeah, the, the, for behind the, the behind the covers. Say less. Yeah, Patreon. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. The thing for me, man, if, if I'm to say the thing, mm. it's it's more... Maybe it's me being a little bit more selfish, but it's more a personal thing. Like the thing, the feeling that you're talking about is very insular. It's not more social. How do you mean? So you, when you made the point, you're like the thing of that question. It was yeah. like the experience you're all going through. Yeah. When I think of the thing, when I think of that, that peak level of, of kind of cognizance and understanding, it's all just, it's me. You know what I mean? That's fair. So it was like your own, you were with us, but. Not, not in that instance. I mean, in general. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, right. in general, when you're getting that kind of, you, you imagine that like higher level of comprehension, higher level of understanding of, of self, it all comes back to you. Mm. Do you get me? So like when I'm fucking, when I'm sitting there and I'm like baked off my tits or when I'm like sitting there and it comes to some epiphany about oh. something, oh shit, that would sound good. Or, or I'm writing that X, Y, Z. It all comes back to self. You know, mm. I kind of see social interaction as a cherry on top rather than the cake. Right. If you get me. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, I've been using Sam Harris's meditation app recently, mm-hmm. just because I, I want to meditate more. And also, 
if I would trust anyone, it's probably like a neuroscientist. Like, yeah, fair. <laughs> so his, he has like a 30 day introduction thing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm on like day like 20 something or whatever I am. And he gets you to think about consciousness a lot. And it's not something that I've given a lot of thought to. Like I understand that there's a me behind me. That's, you know. The, the really you. Yeah. Like it's the id, I think is what Freud would call it. I don't know if the, the ego or the id. But it's, it's like um, the whole concept that he gets you to imagine is like, okay, consciousness is like a cloud and you understand it because you feel things like when it comes to your senses, when you hold something, you can feel the shape of the glass insofar as the feeling is where your hand should be, but you can't feel the shape of your hand. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's, it's really trippy when you're in it, but you're like, I understand completely. And to be fair, one of the first days when I took the, the truffles for like the microdosing, I meditated and that was different gravy. Like that brought, I was like, oh my Next good God, this shit. is insane. Yeah. So it's the idea of consciousness that I think is the thing that you're playing around with. And when I smoke weed or do anything like that, that's say conscious altering. It's all, it is me that it comes back to. So I get that. But when, it, when we were on Truffles, I think it was just because it was a shared experience. It's like yeah. the thing is the reality that we're all experiencing right now because we're all on the same level. But when it comes to the me aspect of things, it's so funky because it's it's like I understand that I'm behind the glass almost, you know, and everything else is just through the screen. And it's insane that it's because ins- again, this this hits me like it's starting to hit me more recently now because the TikToks I mentioned earlier, I'm posting consistently quite a lot of TikToks and positivity and like, you know, mental health and kind of my experience and kind of how we said on the last podcast about how, you know, you take me two years ago or a year, year and a half ago even, yeah. and I'm sitting there in, in fucking Thailand, like, just like, oh, this is the lowest point ever, and you take me now, and it's like, cool, like, I feel like I've, I've progressed, life. I feel like I'm a lot more, like, fucking mentally stable at this point. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's an insane concept to think of the fact that every single one of the seven, bil- seven billion, keep in mind, people have their own reality and their own perception of everything. Mm. It's just weird to kind of think there's that many people because our, our brains can't even fucking comprehend a thousand people. Yeah. You know, like realistically comprehend a thousand people. Like even look at a football stadium, it's like 50,000 people. It's like, I, you can't even understand that. Yeah. As a, as, even if you're looking at it. Um, so to think that there's that many people who have that individual experience, it's, that's fucking crazy. Man. And that's yeah. kind of what brings me back to like, fuck people. Oh, I love people. Yeah. You know? No, I think people are great and they just need a bit of encouragement. Someone needs to tell them that everything's okay mm-hmm. or everything will be. If you just do... There's this, like a whole set of things that people can do to make their lives better. And if you just did them and got encouragement and praise for doing them, you'd keep doing them. Yeah. You just need that. Whether that comes from someone on the internet or a personality or a person in your life, ideally a partner yeah. or, someone who you can be, or someone who you're with all the time, a friend. Like you just need so, such a little encouragement to do so many things. And if you get like even a grain of that encouragement, you're like, oh, like, like yes, there's, please there's, give yeah, it there's, to there's me. There's someone, who, there's someone who's in my corner and yeah. that's all I need right now. What's, crazy about that though is i think there's so many people who are who don't need that same chat right i think that this the 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 chat that we have Mm. is not the exact same kind of information that a lot of people need i think other people need basically the the line of thinking of like oh you you need this you know that's going to help you progress and that like that it's a lot of people who just kind of they're happy just being themselves you know what i mean yeah i i wonder about people like that sometimes because I look at people like that who are just fine existing. Satisfied. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, do you not think deeply about things? Because I don't, and I'm not, how do I put it? It's hard to say without sounding offensive to 
I'm like, if you're not on my level of chat, then get out of my corner. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But I'm like, how can you not? I suppose it's just a question of how does my brain work and yours doesn't. How are, how, are, how are we both overwhelmingly anxious about us not progressing, whereas other people are just satisfied being themselves? Yeah, it's like some people are just okay with going home, watching TV. Like they go to work, come home, watch TV. They plug out. And that's it. And they're okay with that. And that's their life. And they look like, they, they, I won't say love it, but they're content. I, re- I respect that. Yeah. I very much respect that because I think it's someone who's completely, if anything, that's someone who's more self-aware. Do you think? Yeah. I think that's someone who's realized exactly what they want in life and they've already got it. I respect that. That's fair. I never thought of it that way before. But it's like, this chat as well, and even bringing it back to the whole political, bringing it back to music and everything. There's so much judgment from everyone and there's yeah. so much negativity from everyone of like, you need to be this, you need to do that. No one needs to be fucking anything, man. I think I think every single person, no matter what their their situation is, as long as you're fucking satisfied, that's the best goal. It's the end goal. It's not about kind of pushing them. Well, you need to be this, you need to be that. Because if you do that, then you're going to push someone into a a make or break situation, which can be good, but can mm. also be horrific. I think the whole "you need to be this, you need to be that" kind of situation guides people in the right way. Once you realize that you don't actually need to be this, but you need to be in pursuit of this, mm. that makes mm. like that kind of. How to put it? That defines the goal. The goal yeah. isn't to be this. The goal is to try and be this. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's to strive for whatever you're looking yeah. for. Yeah. And I feel like when it comes to having different opinions to people, when it comes to politics, when it comes to music, when it comes to any level of thinking or, say, art or any, anything that you can have an opinion of, you need to get to a point where you realize that, okay, we don't actually differ that much. It's just the things we differ on are the things that we drag out the majority of the time in a conversation. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you think people are good. I think people are good. Right. We can say that you think people are good and you have faith in humanity. I have faith in humanity. They get, they'll get to a point where I'll say, okay, well, the line between good and evil runs for every man. So everyone has a line in them where they'll just tilt over to one side. And that might be the point that we have a, like a point of contention on. Mm. But I'll say, I'll still believe in your side of the argument it's just the way i go about it is a bit different yeah does that make sense so i feel like when we get to that point we're not arguing we shouldn't be arguing anymore we should be saying okay faith in people we should be pushing towards people i think I everyone everyone takes themselves too seriously mm. that's something i've realized everyone has that spotlight effect yeah everyone thinks oh, i'm fucking either i'm class or oh fuck i'm not doing enough yeah like just fucking be happy just live man we've got so much like something that again i've realized in the last few months it's really just like, fuck, man. I've done so much shit and I've been, I've got so far in terms of my my journey. I'm like, cool, I'm just riding a wave now. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm already, I got on that surfboard, you know, just keep riding the wave. There's no need to like, oh, fuck, okay, where's the next surfboard? It's like, the surfboard's grand. Well, get on the surfboard. We'll keep riding the wave. Like, yeah, I'll have to find a new surfboard. I'll be looking for it for the next 10 years. So that's be the fucking perfect surfboard. I like you know how you're I mean? on this this surf metaphor really heavily. Well, I have to I have to fucking run away. It's like okay, cool. it doesn't make sense if I just say it once. You know what I mean? That's fair. How did we even get here? Jesus Christ! That's a question. That's a question. I'm saying, like, in, in, in this in this protocol that they that they gave you and they print out to say no alcohol, no drugs. Yeah. Uh, here I am, and it's interesting. So I suppose a question that I'll I'll tie back to music in your career and to take a complete left turn sharp left as they say center left <laughs> all right well, okay political compass. <laughs> how how do you get from how do you get from you when i know you in being four years old five years old to daredevil oh jesus interesting okay we're going there i want to okay. know because when you're in school and this is something that i'll use myself as an example for i 
would think of myself as very outgoing. Like mm-hmm. when I was in primary school, I was definitely very outgoing. I did encore, I did speech and drama, all that kind of stuff. Oh, uh, you're cool. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I would be now. Not back in the day. Okay. Back in the day, I was having fucking unnamed individuals sticking pencil into my legs saying, does that hurt? Does that hurt? Yes, please. And me being like, no, no, it doesn't hurt. And they'd be like, fine, I'll sharpen it a bit more. Does that hurt? Does that hurt? Uh, I wasn't traumatized. Don't worry about it. Are you sure about it? Yeah. <laughs> but and we did speech and drama together. So how do, you, how do you go from there to Daredevil? Because that's the that's like a highlight that I'll, a I'll use. A shining light. Yeah. For context, to, to, to give everyone, I used to do YouTube back in the day. 2016 and i failed my leaving cert because of it which is a beautiful outcome um shout out to miss finney uh, yeah fact, i had like 50,000 subscribers on youtube back in the day like five years ago when that shit was a lot more valuable than it is these days um but yeah how did i get there it's an interesting question i kind of just for me when putting myself out there i think the best situation is when i because i've always like i'm someone who's always questioning oh fuck is this the right thing to do socially and i'm someone who <laughs> How do I word this correctly? Where it's politically correct. I'm someone who is very socially, as a a baseline, Mm -hmm. socially anxious and introverted. And only through forcing myself to put myself out there and be extroverted, I am. But I would, if if you gave, if you gave Dylan from like 10 years, I'm I'm definitely taking more whiskey. Yes, please. (laughs) Fucking hell. If you gave Dylan from 10 years ago the option to never speak to people again, but he could have all of his dreams and desires, he would do that shit. You know, right. if you told me, oh, I could be a, you know, famous musician and I could make thousands a, a year and or, or 50, 000, thousands 000, a year, 150, yeah. 50, 100,000 a year, like as a baseline salary and like, ah, oh, you can, you can have some sexy family, you know what I mean? Where you're, you're happy, you got kids, you got a young one. I take that shit in a day, you know what I mean? Some sexy family. It's, yeah, sexy family. My kids are going to be sexy, man. Um, but if you, if you offered me that like a few years ago, I would have been like hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. But I've only realized now through again, coming back to loving people and realizing how fucking amazing people are, is that, oh shit, the interconnection between people is what makes life enjoyable, is what makes life better. So it's like, fuck, if I whack myself out here and I just go, cool, this is me, this is me openly, this is who I am, I don't have to break down this barrier of social anxiousness because I'm putting myself on a screen. There's no actual person behind that, but I can still get the kind of reward and satisfaction of making someone on the other end of the screen happy. Right. So this was an idea that you had from like day one. Day one, yeah. It was just to be able to go, cool, I want to put out content where I don't have to actually interact with people. Right. But I can get the... The, the same level of gratification from the interaction. Yes, right, and right, still okay. be able to have praise, approval, being able to know that I brightened up someone's day. So when did you start YouTube then? 2014, I think right, it was. Okay. Making like wrestling and FIFA videos. Full, yeah. Because I remember there was a point where you wanted to be a musician. Like back in fourth class. That you were like, oh, I'm gonna learn guitar and yeah, musician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but it was more Ed Sheeran kind of vibes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't like it was what? one I could actually sing. <laughs> yeah. And then, so what you say? 2014 is when you started YouTube. Yeah. In an all boys secondary school, starting up a YouTube channel, where the social norms are to play sport, play football, be into it, or. When you're five foot three, you can't really get in many sports, can you? I tried rugby, didn't go too well. You know that yourself. And listen, my my rugby career was uh, <laughs> short lived. Short lived. That's a broken leg, though. Uh, we'll yeah, past actually, that. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my mom was only talking about this the other day. Yeah. She was like, "Oh, this this girl um, who broke something in school when she was, I don't know, whatever age, like claimed, and she got like twenty thousand euro." And my mom was like, "Up until the age of twenty-one, you could have still claimed for your leg." 
It's like, no, I couldn't have. Like, surely not. And I was like, that's blood money. Shouldn't touch that money. Yeah. It's not that meant for me. Uh, long story short, me and Dana were playing chasing in the yard in school. And I went, me and my 12-year-old chubby self went to do a sidestep and ended up falling in such a way that the weight from my knee landed on the back of my leg, breaking my leg, snapping the bone and turning it 10 degrees to the left. I had wanted a day off that day as well. Oh, I'm fucking it, it was It was coming back from a midterm and I was like, man, I just don't want to go to school today. She was like, no, fuck it, you're going. Like, what, what do you say? Stop complaining. So I was going into school w- with that and I was like, oh, I don't want to be here. So I was playing chasing, couldn't run fast, uh, couldn't run at all and then couldn't run even more. So after I got up, they wheeled me in on like an office chair <laughs> into the school, into the into like the foyer and my mom got there and I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't put pressure on it. I was like, just walk. Like, what are you doing? Just walk. You're like, stop being a baby. Stop being depressed. Just be happy. <laughs> just be happy. So I couldn't walk and I couldn't put pressure on it. And I was like, no, no, I can't. And she was like, oh, so embarrassing. I'm so embarrassed. All the teachers are and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He's like, no, it's fine. Like, maybe you should get it checked out. You know, see what. And I got put in the car. I had to lie down in the car because any, any movement in my leg just was agonizing yeah so well i remember literally because you went you went he literally like he did like a step over movement like he went one way mm. and then turned back to kind of get past me because keep in mind i'm five foot three i may be short but i'm nippy as fuck so i got that pace if i'm on and arounders you're not getting past me like Christ. but he goes one way he goes the other way and then like falls over maybe like a hundred people were surrounded around you because mm. the yard was like i i just like i have this vivid memory of like literally every, like there was like three or four teachers surrounding around you the whole fucking yard they go what the fuck what's happened yeah. what's happened kind of thing yeah you know what i mean so probably half the people half the teachers were like ah oh, you'd be grand kind of yeah. thing you know what i mean just hurt your leg or whatever. and then i had to be king chaired into my house by my mom and dad like i'd be nice. lifted in yeah and i had to go to the toilet and i was like this ain't right so we went up to the vhi swift care clinic and i'm sure my mom at this point was like you're a fucking drama queen like, what are we doing here <laughs> And I went up and I had a, a nurse. This is my first experience with a male nurse. And I remember being so struck by the fact that this is a man. Yeah. And I had to take my trousers off. Oh. <laughs> because because of the um where it was mm-hmm. on my leg and they didn't want me to move it. They had to like take my trousers off. I was wearing South Park boxes at the time. No yes. idea what South Park was. But your man came in after doing the x-ray. And he was like, listen, um, my man was in the room. And this was like the biggest fuck you I've ever had in my mom my entire life. She was in the room and the guy comes in and was like, listen, so the leg is broken in two places, right? It has down the ankle and down at the chin. And you can see the major break here. And it was like literally, how to put it? If you break a twig, that's how it looks. Oh, right? With like the splint coming up and off. Yeah. So he was like, listen, the bone's been turned 10 degrees to the left. He's going to have to get an operation to turn the bone back. Uh, the other one is a minor break. That's fine. But this one's kind of the main one. Like, and then... Uh, and I was like looking at my mom and like, and you wanted me to walk. Careful. You, you wanted me to walk. And she was, and then he was like, if you put any pressure on this and there's a big chance the bone might actually come through the skin. <sighs> yeah. That was the turn. I was like, oh, oh, get away. Yeah. So I went to the hospital and all this good stuff. The doctor came in who was doing the operation. He was like, it's actually like someone took a loaf of bread and just went like this. I was like, oh, oh. So um, I remember the first time I put pressure on it accidentally. And I just screamed. Ugh. Like, it probably didn't even hurt that bad because it was in a 10 kilogram cast. Yeah. But I screamed. Oh. Yeah. It, like, it was terrifying. Terrifying. And then I started my first year in school not being able to run and limping like a gimp. Good times. That's kind of funny. And then you did rugby and you were a king. <laughs> and then, Yeah. And then uh, no one ever let me forget that I did rugby and was a king. Yeah. But what was I saying? Yeah. How do you go from, like, being in a school, an all-boys school where sport girls whatever is the norm 
And that's what you're supposed to be? That's what you're supposed to be oriented towards? See, the girls thing I never really got into, so I was crap. Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but then how did, how did, like, you must have figured that people would find out about it. And it's not an easy thing when you're that age and becoming so self-conscious that you can just put yourself out there and have people be all right with it. Ironically, it's like when you stop giving a shit about what other people think, you tend to just do things mm -hmm. to a point where you're like, oh, okay, this thing I'm doing, it'll either work or not work. Right. You know, like with yourself, with this podcast, if you cared, oh, well, I'm getting like 100, 200 viewers, you know what I mean? Like as a objective metric, that's nowhere near as good as Joe Rogan or, or whoever like that. Yeah. You wouldn't do it. Right. But you're like, okay, cool. I enjoy this podcast. People are enjoying this podcast. You know, I'm going to keep doing it. So it's like at a certain level, you're like doing something when it's not necessarily Oh, like the YouTube is only at a thousand subscribers, you know, I'm going to make yeah. an XYZ off it. Cool. But in a few months, it could be at XYZ. Like, just yeah. fucking do it. Yeah. You know? So for me, it was very much like, I just stopped caring about what other people thought. And it was, it was, it's a weird, like, it's a weird thing to say now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Outside of the context. But it's the same with music. There's people who like, who fucking, who we know from like secondary school, be like, oh, this music's shy. And I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, it's just not for you. But I can't imagine you being that age and feeling that way in secondary school. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I, 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 like when someone comes to you and they're like, Dylan, sorry, YouTube video, Pokemon Go, ha ha ha. Like, surely you must have cared at that point. Because there was, there was still the, there's obviously always going to be, if someone takes the mick out of you, you're always going to have an initial reaction like, fuck you. Yeah. But it's like, okay, well, cool. Well, I'm doing this thing and people are enjoying this thing. And one negative comment or negative reaction is outweighed by, you know, 2000 people who are saying, oh, fuck, you made my day. Yeah. And it's like, oh, fuck. Okay, cool. When you think about it that way, it's like, you know, even with the TikToks, you know, yeah. it's like we, we have people that we know who have even critiqued that. We'll, we'll say that off air, but who have critiqued it and been like, oh, that's a bit weird or whatever, yeah. you know, um, but it's outweighed by the people who are like commenting and saying, shit, this made my day. I'm, I'm happier now because of it. But at that point in your life, I don't imagine that you were thinking in that way is what I'm trying to say. I'm a smart kid. I was a smart kid. Yeah. What do you mean? I, I don't know. I just thought about it that way. I don't know if that's. Oh, really? I, think, yeah. I, I would have thought at that point in time. Just knowing you. What and would the, you think I was doing? What would you? How would you think I was thinking? I don't know. I thought you would have cared more about yeah. what, like you know, especially in that context, in that circumstance where you were like easily frustrated by things. Especially when we were in secondary school, because it, it also felt like an escape. To be fair, at the same mm, time, okay, you know, it did feel like okay, cool. This is outside of the country. It didn't feel you're you're giving it as like okay, well, the norm is X Y Z. It kind of felt like outside of the realm, even though it was still connected. Even though people knew about it, and even though people were kind of reacting to it, it felt like it was different. Because right, it's okay. on the internet, it's technically not. So it's not in the physical space of school. Yeah. Of, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I get that. You know, so it's not yeah. technically like. Whereas if I was like going up and like I, I do, I'd love to do this now as a twenty-three-year-old. What if you told me, oh, cool, I had to play the video games and commentate on them live in front of like two hundred people in the school? I would have said, fuck off, no, get away from me. So like, do a Twitch live stream yeah. in the study or something? Yeah, 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 yeah I right, would have right. not done that at all. But when it's again kind of behind behind this socially anxious box, yeah. where I don't have to directly interact while doing the thing, right. It makes it a lot easier. So it's just like you and the camera makes things a lot easier. And then yeah. when people bring it up in school, you're like, that's not, it's almost like you can separate from that and say, that's off. Oh, it's not me. Yeah. You know, we're not the same guy. Yeah. That's fair. Because yeah. you remember when um, that whole, like, it's raining in my world. Findar here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, Lad in our school got taken a mick at it for, yeah. and I can't, for Minecraft. I, I can't imagine that was easy on him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it was so funny. Yeah. So funny at the time. Yeah. So, so funny. But that's interesting. So then you go from there and then YouTube kind of goes well because. Pokemon Go did really well. And then what are the videos you have? You had the the ones you did with Jordan? 
FIFA videos as well. It, it was mainly Agario. Was that yeah. uh, like anyone who's listened who knows Agario? Like I even on the TikToks that I put up, who have who have got like a few, I've seen comments a few tens of thousand like, views. I'll go like, oh my god, so I recognize you from Agario. Yeah, yeah. Like I still to this day, I went on I went on and played a game of Minecraft there like six months ago. Hmm. Just why not? I hopped on a server and I had someone go, oh my god, Dirtle, I recognize you. Like Outrageous. you made my childhood, and I'm like. I, it, this is weird like it's weird yeah, because yeah. it's like I'm six years removed from it you know right, what I mean right, five yeah. years removed from it but I still like maybe once a month even because the TikTok now it's like every couple of weeks I'll get someone commenting about it besides the blow videos like just as a random one right. but it's weird to still have people come to me and go oh I remember you from this thing that you did a few years ago like five years ago where you changed my life and it's like okay well calm, first off calm down do that <laughs> first much. off I'm not that big of a celebrity yeah, yeah and second off it's just weird to have that kind of connection with people that's so strange it's weird to go oh i was 12 when i watched you i'm now almost an adult and i'm like oh, fucking hell you know it's weird that that kind of praise would only be given to big celebrities like 20 years ago mm, mm. that is insane and you're getting that yeah like jesus christ yeah that's insane so then we have that and then that kind of stops for a while is that right it kind of died out summer to late 2016 the game i was playing killed itself mm-hmm. uh, it's still it's still played today but it's like nowhere near the peak popularity the the group of people group of mates we had they kind of dropped off you know yeah. people making twenty thousand a month dropped to like a few hundred a month because yeah. of the youtube apocalypse happened around the time as well so it's just kind of a lot of shit happened there was a lot of allegations of like like it's horrible shit going down with the group main group of people in the community I'm so really saying this, yeah. yeah so it kind of just it became a shit fest where i was like cool whatever and then I just transitioned to vlogging. That didn't really work for me. It wasn't really my vibe as well. And then I kind of just stopped doing it all You did together. your like hot or not videos and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. I made some meme videos to be fair. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. But um, it never really was the exact same. Yeah. You so know? then from there, I assume almost immediately after that, you start college, right? Or no, you took a year college was College was twenty seven, end of 2017. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it was about really, nine, nine, ten months of me doing fuck all. Right. Before I started college. But at the time, I did want to do music. Like, I knew probably from the end of YouTube, like, end of secondary school, I was like, I want to do music in some capacity. Right. I want to do YouTube to then someday get famous doing music. You know what I mean? How did how did that come up? Was that, like, something... Like, knowing you from being, like, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, yeah. like, like, music was always... So, and drama was always something that you're into. And then yeah. it becomes... Being over the top. Yeah, essentially. And then YouTube <laughs> comes in, and then you know, the whole music idea gets picked up again. Where did you get, like, where did you pick that up again? I don't actually 100% know. I, like, the, the thing I call it back to, because I did the interview with Shannon, you sure you were there? Right. Um, and I remember I mentioned it with her, and it's always something that stuck to me. When I was, like, 12, 13, sitting at my kitchen table, doing, like, white guy raps fast, like, over and over and over and over again, yeah. for, like, two, again, three-minute video, for, like, two, three hours straight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 30 times in a row or whatever. Just listening to it, performing it over and over and over again. I call back and I go, fuck, that's probably the, the groundwork for me wanting to do this. Oh, I don't exactly know when the flip switched. Yeah. Okay, fair. You know? But I just remember back, cool, I always had this uh, fascination for hip-hop music and music and the performing arts and I kind of just manifested in music because it's the easiest way to get a message across. That's fair enough. Because I, I remember when we were in Thailand, when we were all just kind of circling, circle jerking each other with our echo chamber of positivity, it was kind of like, Myself and I were like, we have no idea what we want to do. Yeah. And it's like, you have a direction that you can go into. Yeah. That is so nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even uh, It's not like it's a comfort because it's still a grind. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's nice to know that there's been a format to do things and people have become successful in that space as opposed to not actually knowing where you want to be or what you want to do. Yeah. I know the path I want to take is just about get off your ass and take do the, the path yeah. rather than fuck, where am I going? Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Man. So then. And a lot of people have that. 
Not a lot of people no. have that, like, fuck, I want to do this exact thing for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's a good way to be, though, and it's a good thing to have. Yeah. Because I'd say you're more educated than anyone in terms of, well, anyone in our friend group, at least, in terms of how to, for want of a better phrase, break onto a scene. You know what I mean? It's like you, you understand what's involved and what you have to do in terms of the process for releasing a single or creating an album or editing one. It's still hard as shit, though. I yeah, will not. I will not I, like, especially in Ireland, like, I'm not trying to say, oh, it's difficult, like, I'm making excuses, but in Ireland, it's very difficult because the hip-hop community is so small, you know? Yeah. And that's why, kind of, with the newer stuff, I'm kind of, it's more pop hip-hop than yeah. it is hip-hop hip-hop. So, are you thinking you're trying to grandfather in what you actually want? Well, it's got, I've been trying to find my sound for the past two years. I still haven't found, like, quote-unquote, found my sound. You right. know what I mean? I'm still trying to, like, touch base, like, I, I don't know whether I, I want to go, like, I've been, so many people, like, producers, like, fucking people, like, I've been like, oh, go trap, go, go pop, go, you know, go alternative hip-hop. And it's like, there's so many, like, voices even in my ear from people who, like, I would know in the industry and, mm. like, mates that I have who I talk to, like, regularly, like, oh, you should do this, 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 this. I think the road that's that's best even for me is just pop hip-hop because that's something that's kind of amalgamates what I'd listen to because I'd be more, I don't really listen to fucking hip-hop and pop, realistically. What is hip-hop now? Defo- what do you mean by what is hip-hop? Well, that's what I mean. Like, you're saying you don't really listen to hip-hop. What is No, I, I would only listen to hip-hop and pop and say. Oh, right, okay. So hip-hop is just what's, like, what's current. It's the... Pop would be what's, pop would be charts. Pop yeah. is pop is short for popular. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? I understand so that. it's like charts shit. Whereas hip-hop, like, it's, <sighs> there's too many, sh- I love hip-hop. Yeah. I love hip-hop, yeah. but it's not, it's something that I, I love in a sense of like, this is what I want to do, but I want to, I want to do something slightly different. I don't just fucking hop in and be like, yeah. oh, you know, I'm from fucking Crumlin, like, you know, like, uh, fuck the boys, fuck the Garda. Yeah. Even though I made a song slightly similar to that um, that never got released, unfortunately. What it was song was that? Crumlin's Finest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah never, it, unreleased. We'll, we'll release it in like 10 years. We'll leak yeah, it on SoundCloud. As I mean, uh, for the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, it's never, like, I don't want to be some fucking, I don't want to be some sort of like, pretend fake gangster fucking rapper who's like oh i'm from Crumlin, i'm hard but i'm not and i also don't want to be some comedic rapper who just like little dicky-esque where it's just like oh i'm all just about like jokes and i'm a white person doing a career that's mostly for black, black people. people yeah you know i want to be some sort of in between where i can both touch on shit and trauma and shit that i've dealt with mm. at the same time as also going ah you whack out a few funny tunes every now and again so it's just shy talking when you say that you align and again, my limited knowledge of this space in the music industry, would you align with logic in like more so than anyone else? Jeez, that's a bad thing to put on me. Fucking hell. No, but um, I'm just saying like, inter- oh, sorry, I, I'm very <laughs> uneducated in the guys. I'm joking. Of- I'm joking. Um, I don't know if I compare myself to logic. Logic. I don't know who I compare. I don't you, think you, you, yeah. I'm, I'm me. I don't compare myself to any of the rappers. I'll say that much. Whoa, I, I, I have the haircut of Mac Miller. I have the beautiful voice of Charles Gambino. Um, and the dick of an umbrella. Well, from the waist down, I'm black. <laughs> from the waist down, I'm black. Sorry. Right. Um, sure. But that, but, was, <laughs> sorry, that was good. That's <laughs> good. Dick of an Give myself in the back Fuck off. Um, no, but I mean, I, I get where you're coming from on that front. It just, it seems, and I, I hate, I probably sound really uncultured when I say this, but most of the rap I listen to comes from Eminem and Logic. So white people. Rap. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> like it's it comes... rap that's listened to by either white teenage boys that are depressed and want the world to change, or girls, <laughs> basically. Yeah, I just I like Logic. Right? Yeah. No, I respect. I, I think the hail Logic is a bit harsh. To be fair, I think he's. I think his music's fine. Yeah. Um, I was having the conversation where um, Logic was saying that he he has a white privilege because he's white, while also being half cast. Yeah. yeah, that's insane, man. Imagine imagine the the pressure on him coming up in the community. It's like. 
trying to like he uses the n well he looks white he looks like yeah he, he does he looks white so it's like to kind of go oh well i'm actually black would be yeah. like you have to show like your race card kind yeah, of thing it's yeah. like oh well, one like, of my parents is black you know what i feel like i've been privileged in a way almost to be exposed to the irish music industry because obviously you know through love and interest of the past um i got exposed to you know bims <gasps> gigs and all that kind of stuff in the end of the years that they do yeah and it kind of made me realize that there's a lot of Irish talent out there. Like, I've heard a lot of good music come from Irish people. Dude, the radio, the ra- the Irish radio is the only thing that's stopping this country, or is the only thing that's stopping this country from having no culture. Like, mm. the, like, uh, RTE, I have qualms with RTE. You know, I don't want to say this on live because I won't get on it for another fucking interview. But RTE does bits for the music in this country. Yeah. Without RTE and without the organized body of a governmental body that's even minimally investing yeah. in the arts, yeah. we'd have fucking nothing here. We yeah. as I said to you earlier, we'd have folk music, and that's it. Yeah, we'd have no pop, we'd have no hip hop, we'd have no rock. The only reason those subgenres are working and being able to, for some artists that are doing well, expand over to the UK is because of the fact that our radio industry supports this shit so much. When the top radio in like the top radio ahead in this country, from my last single. I reached out to her, I sent it to her. She's like, yeah, I fucking love the song, love the song. Not really the vibe for my track, for my, my station though, yeah. but so many future shit. I love it. Mm. When I can get in t- contact with her being still small enough as I am, that's insane. Yeah. Because they're so reachable and they're so open. Yeah. You know what I mean? These people are so, like, it's it's a small country, but they're still so supportive yeah. of even the artists who are just not even there yet. Yeah. You know? But it's interesting. And it's interesting that you say that because it's nice that that, that that's there for you and that you can do that. But it's so weird that Irish talent, we, we don't want to, we, it's almost like we don't want to hear it. We don't want to take... You know. The country doesn't support Irish talents. I don't know what that's not And that's not me being like, oh, complaining. Yeah. You know what I mean? But when like, when artists like Jafaris, I don't know, you ha- I haven't even showed yeah. you much of Jafaris. I've yeah. showed you a couple of songs, but like we wouldn't have talked about it much. Yeah. I would listen to him even if I had no intention to be in the hip hop community because I fuck with his music so much. Where would be the best place to start listening to this kind of irish music lovely beautiful question for me to just get it some names so you can get a youtube clip up and we can like, like i, I wasn't expecting that but yeah go for him tebby rex uh jll chris cabs um jafaris denise chalia um soleil um fia moon is a beautiful one as well you have so many artists who are just why like, don't i know about these people we don't talk about it that much because you wouldn't be super into like hip hop, hip hop. You know what I mean? Right, You'd be more into like indie rock would be your yeah. more, more your go-to genre. It's just that the fact that it's not supported as much here in terms of the people. Is there like a Spotify playlist that you can go to or? Uh, lovely, lovely question to ask. Breath of Fresh Era, New Era, Rap IE. Breath of Fresh Era. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, New Era and Rap IE would be the three like go-to playlists right. for yeah. like Irish artists. There's a lot of Irish artists here who you listen to and you're like, ah. Eh, not amazing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Wouldn't be my vibe. Wouldn't be a cup of tea. Right, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. I'm not a fan of like auto-tuned rap. It's just not my go-to. Yeah, no, fair enough. Me too. It's some people's go-to. Not fucking rocking it. Yeah. Yomi Attention. Yomi Attention is one lad who is super small artist who I fuck with so heavy. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And he's someone who like he can again Bobby Arlo, another another beautiful pop artist more so than than, than hip hop artist. There's so many talented people, and it's only because I'm actually like in the the industry where I can see these people on a day to day basis. So many people who realistically you can see um grow, like actually growing up and being bigger artists mm. bobby Arlo, have i mentioned you before no she is currently i think 18 to 1 in, in boil sports getting a grammy before 2025 
and she's so how do they have categories yeah, yeah. so so keep in mind Dermot Kennedy is six to one some of the top artists here are like ten to one and Bobby Arlo is like fifteen to one interesting and she's on both parts and she's someone who only gets like a few hundred monthly listeners you know what I mean that's but, quite good but like she her her stuff that she's put out are, like amazing I already have a ticket to her Grammys I've already cashed that in with her like she's already agreed when she gets to the Grammys I'm going I'm her plus one you know what I mean um, but there's just so many talented Irish artists out there yeah and it's like it, again it's crazy like we, we should talk about it more like people should talk about it more like share Irish artists and share like yeah. people that they fuck with because it's it's like the only way that this country is ever going to compete with the we've a, we've a market next door across the pond that is 10 times bigger than us right. 15 times bigger than us and we're in no way ever going to be able to compete with right. them unless we fucking share it around unless we push it to Europe push it to the US so know? say say big fucking what's his name Michael Martin comes down and he's like Dylan I need you to be the arts yes so. please <laughs> like what what's what do you do what's the solution how do you push this Irish music onto people what's what's the is there like a kill all solution or is it like okay these are the steps we need to take Horty is doing amazing again with all these shows that they've done for hip hop they had even the the oh, I can't remember the name but, but they had a show basically I don't know if you watched it where it was mm-hmm. uh, it was behind lockdown and it was like a right. live gig behind lockdown it's silence something whatever it was mm-hmm. but there's a ton of big Irish artists just making a large proportion of their TV you know talking about an RT news you know just making the RT channels just a, a space for Irish arts and Irish yeah. culture is the the main go to because in the in the culture it's it's hard to do it's hard to make independent clubs like Dicey's or or even Workmen's or or whoever to play Irish music they're gonna play what's hot they're gonna play what's on the charts yeah the only way is for you know people to to actually take action and go listen to these Irish playlists you know yeah. go listen to these Irish artists so it has to be popularized it has to be grassroots ground uh, uh, grassroots even grassroots right yeah but Workmen do a good job in terms of they put on a lot of Irish gigs yeah yeah and. The same goes for the Button Factory. The same goes for Whelan's. Mm-hmm. And um, what's the other one I think of? The place Workman's. across... No, I uh, said Workman's. What's the place across from the Haveny Bridge? The Grand Social. Grand Social. Yeah. Like th- those places you would know as being like the indie spots in town. Yeah. Like they would put. They would be the grassroots kind of organization that kind of build things up. Yeah. But how, how do you make it popular? Like how do you put it into the hands of people to the point where they're like, this is good. Like what? Do you, do you advertise it more? Do you... Like promote the playlist more. Like what? What? What's the smallest step that we should take to listen to these artists more? Like what's what's the lowest level thing that we can do to get? Yeah. What's the Pareto optimal step? solution to yeah. be able to get these Irish out there, yeah. Irish artists out there? Listen, fuck with what you fuck with, and then share it. Is realistically what it is. That's right. Because again, as I say, the institutions in this country, RTE, are doing. As best as they can. Yeah. You know, they really, like, I cannot praise, in terms of outside of political stuff when it comes to music, they're doing so much in yeah. terms of TV programs, in terms of radio. They're doing as much as they can. Yeah. They're sharing as much as they can. RT2FM is a hotbed for, for Irish hip hop, especially mm. in the evenings with all these DJs. You know what I mean? That's no, for sure. When I turn on this radio, it actually works, but I'm not such yeah. a <laughs> um, it's It's literally like an analog radio so you have to turn the dial yeah, and stuff. yeah so yeah. I, I i love shit like that right maybe yeah. got it for me for christmas one year and i've turned it on before at like nighttime, and irish rap has come on and i feel like oh, is that is that from is that a dublin accent like, yeah what's this yeah and it's so strange to hear it you know and again it's probably not the shit i would fuck with personally because it's more like grime yeah. kind of stuff i don't know if, if there's an irish word for grime uh Derek Park tv is the the go-to place for irish grime to be fair fair yeah but 
if I could find something that sounded like, I don't know, the bands I like, the 1975, yeah. Coldplay, The Japanese House, Pale Waves, something like that that was Irish. Just I'd... gonna give a little shout out to Magazine Club Band right now. Just go listen to them on Spotify. There we go. Thank you. Oh, do you want me to link it? Yeah, please. Thing? If you Back could, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, if I could find something like that that was Irish. Again, it's not even about the nationality. It's about the level of skill that we have that I feel is in abundance, but isn't being displayed as such. The skill level here, I would actually say, is lower than you'd expect it to be. Right. To be 100% honest. I think that that is because that the people here that even I know, mm-hmm. that like, I, again, I'm not going to name any names, I'm not going to out people, but even people who I've connected with over the years are so unwilling to pay producers. Pay, I'm someone who's qualified as a sound engineer, as a, as a producer and a sound engineer in college. I wouldn't produce my own shit. I don't engineer my own shit. Yeah. In future, like I have a fucking producer, Chris Cabs even, yeah. who's producing all my shit, engineering all my shit. He's the top engineer and producer in this country right now in terms of independent artists. Right. I'm doing that because I know how qualified he is. I know how good he is. And I know that he, by you know working with him, investing a little bit myself, I can improve the quality of the music tenfold. The people here are a lot, especially starting off was what I've seen, not willing to invest in themselves and it's 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 an issue because the the peak there's only a few people in this country in terms of hip-hop who are able to make it full-time do you think that's an ego thing do you think that's i know how to do this i don't need a producer i don't need an editor <sighs> partly ego and partly because of the fact that there's not enough investment in the arts yeah i was going to say or is it a case of people don't know the channels which to go through that's something that i wanted to do at the start and, and with dg digital the, yeah, one yeah. Of the, the the ventures i went off and i'm not doing it anymore but one of the ventures i went off and be able to help musicians and i'm, I'm someone who's not even ha- like a two percent in my music journey yet so yeah. i don't feel like i actually have the qualifications to, be able to give people the information but when it comes to moving forward when it comes to progressing yourself investing in yourself and investing monetarily getting a fucking job as a musician if you're if you're someone who wants to be a musician get a fucking job get a normal job invest a third of your income just in music in music videos in fucking producing engineering in people who are going to be able to promote you marketing experts and whack out as many songs mm. as you can that's something that i'm focusing on right now just whacking out as many good quality decent quality songs as i can as much as possible you know yeah. because there's there's a not enough quantity here and b not enough quality in terms of people willing to invest the, the talent is there the actual performance and the flow and the vote in the hip hop community, flow, performance, vocals are there, but it's like you listen to the songs, you're like, oh, I wish this was mixed better. I wish this was like edited better. Yeah. You know? I suppose it's like when you're exposed to the behind the scenes, you pay a lot more attention to it. Mm-hmm. So, as you, who's someone who's been on the back end of sound engineering and all of the effort that goes into making a single or an album, mm-hmm. you understand that when you hear a song, like this could be better in this kind of way. It's because most people listen to a song, they listen to the drums, and they listen to the music, and then they listen to the vocal. And that's it. Is it a case of, say, people like me who know zero about music and zero about art in general? Is it a case of, what do they say? It's like pornography. I know it when I see it. So Mm. is it like, I know it when I hear it when it comes to that kind of thing, where I know this isn't doing it for me because it's produced badly. I may not know that at the detail level of of analysis. You say it sounds like shit. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I know that there's something missing. I don't know what it is, but I know it's missing. And then when yeah. you hear something that's produced well, you you know it yeah. instinctively. And this is why when it comes to, like, as an artist for me, I'm someone who literally will, when recording a song or has a, have a concept for a song, I'll play that shit to my, I live with my nanny and my mom, mm. right? I will play that shit to my nanny and my mom. 
over and over again so that shit catches in their head and if a week later it hasn't got to the point where they're singing it or humming it in their head when i'm walking past mm-hmm. i'll go it's shit I need to redo it right i need to make sure that my shit is catchy enough yeah that they can remember it even being 91 and like in their 50s you know what i mean yeah it has to be something that even older people can be like catch on to yeah because I suppose when it comes to the producing angle and the like pushing content out it is a content game i think yeah. wrong it's yeah. it's not like how to put it when you put a song out there, the focus should be on the audio more than anything else. Yeah. The quantity is something that you yourself can determine, but you should be investing in the audio quality because, again, that's your end product. That's what you're selling. Well, dude, it's something that I've, I, I, I called out Irish artists for not investing enough. It's something that I'm guilty of. I only put out two songs in 2020. Yeah. You know what I mean? 2019, yeah. I put out like, I think it's like 10 songs with the album, obviously, kind yeah. of outweigh that a little bit. But, um, and this year, I put out, I haven't put out any songs yet, but I have three or four that should be in the works for the first you know next three months anyway yeah. um, i'm trying to release a song a month come the second half of the year is my mm-hmm. goal yeah. you know um because i think that you know the more irish artists put out the more likely they are to actually perform better yeah but it really is just like whack out more songs whack yeah. out more music yeah. you know what i mean because it's it's the quality is there the actual the the quality of the artist is there but the end the editing and the investment isn't that's right but I do have a lot of faith in the arts come the end of lockdown and come yeah. the this great resurgence. You were saying that earlier, yeah, yeah. I just the, feel the like roaring twenties. Yeah, the roaring twenties. I feel like it's gonna happen. It has to. I mean, I don't see it going any other way. We can't just come out of this thing after being locked up and not appreciate the locality of things. Yeah. I don't imagine people will travel straight away. So we'll be forced to go more homogeneously mm-hmm. in, into the arts, into creativity, into gigs. Because I guarantee one of the things that people miss so much and that one of, I went to. Sorry. I'm dragging you out to every hip hop gig that is Do on, it. that is ha- from a half decent artist yeah. as soon as lockdown I'll finishes. Go. Mate, yeah. I'm, I'm excited because the last gig I went to, funnily enough, was. 975? In March last yeah. year, just before lockdown, just before everything closed. Was it 975 yet? It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Best gig, as always, of my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be fair, the year before was probably the best gig in my life when they played again. But people miss that people like, like you said uh when you went to the the thing in town it's like people you enjoy being close to people and pushing by people and saying it's like sorry excuse me yeah like it feels normal the interpersonal connection yeah. feels normal and to go to a gig to explore the arts like i remember one day um i think it was i don't know if it was even last year but say it was where i was walking through town and i walked to the national gallery and even like it's free so i just walked yeah, in yeah, yeah, and i was like just looking at all this art and i was like jesus christ controversial opinion hmm? Painting, in terms of art, like mm-hmm. that type of art, is the worst quality of art that there is. Depends on the painting. Does depend as as a as a, as a sub sub genre. There's so many sub genres of art. I feel writing in terms of like poetry and in terms of like stories, film, and then like music and art. If you were to say they're the four main ones, I would say if you're ranking them, I think film comes first. I think music, then I think writing, and then I think art. If we're to I rank think them, that's in the ease of which that the message is communicated. You're ranking them in like, and that's what you're saying. You're basing good. If at. I enjoy them, yeah, right. My, I, I like personally. I think like music and TV shows is better than just music by itself because, mm-hmm. and that's also what music videos are like. If you consider that film, sure, you know what I mean. Because that's like music with a video aid. Yeah, you know. Um, so it's like I think that like I would much rather watch a music video, or I would much rather watch a film with good quality music, like right. Hans Zimmer in the background, like Great Gatsby. Great yes, soundtrack please. To it. Yes, please. Then I would just listen to music. You yeah. know what I mean? That's fair. But okay, 
But go on, back to the National Gallery. I just wanted to make that no, point. No, no, that's Irish, fair. Irish trash, Irish but trash. I'll, I'll push back on this a bit, right? The way in which, and I'm going to plug the 1975 here because love, love, love. Yes, please. The way in which they do their music, it's and the way Matty Healy has described it, it's like a video game with Easter eggs. So mm. his idea, the first track on every 1975 album is titled 1975. Bar the last album, which was a Greta Thunberg speech, which uh, yeah, I'm not gonna, political. They they played it at the concert, and I was like, mm, took a selfie, me going, mm, Greta, please. So everything is like go down soft sound, midnight, you know, and every sound is like the startup sound, but they do it based on the theme of each album, so you know yeah. what you're getting. And I love the continuity of that. Yeah, the fact that the sincerity is sincerity is scary video yes. is part of the it's not living if it's not with you video. And all of that, like that that Easter egg stuff that they do so well, I love that because it's the way Manny puts it is like it's addressing you as the audience saying, we know you're watching us and we want you to know that we respect that and here's something for you, you know? Yeah. So I enjoy that in the form of a music video, right? When it comes to film, so moving pictures, we'll say in general as a genre of or as a subcategory of art, it's easy to digest because it's telling you a story that you can relate to automatically by just looking at the images and having that as a reference point for every story you've ever been told in your whole life. It's because the reason because of that is you said the ease earlier yeah. of access or the ease of the ease of understanding. Ease of understanding. Yeah. When it comes to music, music that I like is music that I can listen to 10 or 15 times, 20 times, 30 times, 100 times yeah. and get a new meaning from every single time. Mm. Uh, Charles Gambino Bonfire have you heard that song? Tyler's gonna be it's a bonfire. Turn the lights out. Yeah. He's my favorite artist. I'd rather listen to him than anyone else for the rest of my life. If you told me Charles Gambino music or any other music of every artist ever, I would pick Charles Gambino. He's a sexy man. He's a, I, I'm straight, but yeah. he's a very beautiful man. Um, I'm actually, it, super straight. No, I'm super straight. Oh, that's so trash. Anyway, we won't even get into that. Um, but when it comes to his stuff, Bonfire has a wordplay in every single line of that song. I respect rap so much for that. Yeah. Even when I listen to Logic or Eminem or someone, it's like you're a comedian, you're doing stand-up comedy in a song in three minutes. Yeah. And you're making so many jokes and so yeah. many points. Yeah. Uh, it's just insane. And you find a new meaning in it every two minutes. At the same time, though, I don't think every rap song needs to have wordplay. No. I think that, that for some, like Charles Gamino does it beautifully, some artists overdo wordplay. And that's something I've tried to do in the past. Like every second line needs to have wordplay. Or like I need four pieces of wordplay or verse. Mm. at the same time that can hinder you because yeah. it's the same time of like oh i need to rap like hell with like fucking this is like poetry like, stanza yeah. it's like a b b b you, a whatever. yeah you yeah. need to when it when you when you put up too much of a mathematical equation to it you pull away from the message and the meaning and it's like cool if wordplay makes sense in the context it makes yeah. sense in the context you know yeah, it's like you're playing a game within the rules that you're establishing, but sometimes you can be too authoritarian with the rules and then yeah. it becomes not art anymore. It becomes yeah. something that's uh, like a, a factory production of something yeah. because you're going by these rules. Yeah, that makes oh, sense. That's pop music more so. Yeah, you know? because there's a certain way you have to produce it and this yeah. is the, yeah, that makes sense. When it comes to art, right, I think that the reason that you think art is the least valuable form of art, right? Which I still value it as a, yeah. as a, as a beautiful like form of expressing yourself. Well, I think for artists... The reason that it's, say, like you say, it's the the last, it comes last in the terms of the actual art forms as a subcategory or as a, as a category is because that not many people understand art. So if you go to me, this is impressionism, this is realism, this is ultra realism, this is postmodern art, whatever the case is, mm -hmm. I won't understand the effort that's gone into it. And the way I, I go back to the analogy of like Elvis's guitar, that things are ascribed meaning because we understand the meaning behind them. So my guitar over there is just a guitar, zero value. You could sell it for about 50 quid, right? Yeah. 
Elvis's guitar could be the exact same make, model guitar, exact same condition, but it was used by Elvis. So there was something that was encapsulated. It by, has inherent value. Yeah, because it was used by Elvis, right? We'll just say as an example. Or uh, Chris Martin or whatever you want to call it, right? Whoever your artist is of choice. That guitar becomes valuable because you know that the value behind it is not the instrument. It's what's been what played it on it and who's been playing it. Yeah. So if you have a piece of artwork that looks like splatters on a, on a canvas, that's worth something because... The person who's done it has gone to art school and has understood the literature of art and understands how this postmodern art say works. I don't agree with it. I think postmodern art is ridiculous. Like modern art in general, like the it's it's not it's not for me. What I enjoy as an art form is like that Renaissance art, that realist art. That I think it's impressionism. I think I, I could be wrong on what it's called, but those depictions of biblical scenes and stuff they strike me so much more than anything else because yeah. the skill that's involved with that like michelangelo's drawing on the ceiling of the sistine chapel yeah like all, all that stereotypical art that we're exposed to i think that's insane and there's a reason that we value that and there's a reason that those artworks are priceless like my s- sketch that i did as a two my christmas decorations that i made as a four, 10 quid yeah like literally <laughs> like there's no value to those but they're priceless to my mom and dad because i I hope my mom maybe because that they came from me and there's a lot of inherent value in what I'm putting to it. So when it comes to art and the wider community, there's not a lot of people that understand art because of the amount of literature behind it, the amount of skill and history that it has. But there's a lot of people that can access music easily and understand it because of how literate they are and how easy it is for them to listen to something and understand it as opposed to look at something and comprehend the different lighting or impressions used by a paintbrush or the symbolism here. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So that's yeah. why I think it's just an undervalued form of art. It's because yeah. not many people understand it as opposed to you can listen to music or watch TV. Do you think rap music as a genre is the best form of being able to give emotion and give meaning to music? I'm unqualified to answer that question. Interesting. However, I will say that it's the most easily accessible way of giving that message, right? Because you can have someone that performs Phantom of the Opera or Swan Lake or some other generic form of opera where people know the meaning behind different chords and different strings, whether it's a major, it's played major, minor, C, D, E, whatever key it's played in, has a huge effect on the way people perceive it, right? But the people who perceive Don't get me into that chat. We'll move past that chat because I could talk about that for three hours. Like <laughs> I couldn't. So I'll give, you, I'll give you my synopsis and we can move on. But I think... Like with fine art, the people who understand that are in the minority. So it's the people who understand that will say, this is the most sophisticated form of music. This is the way the message should be brought across. When Mozart did this, we like, <laughs> healthy relationship. When you do this, I feel this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I feel there's a level of sophistication that you have to have in each music genre to be able to access that level of emotion. And well, I say transmission and the medium with which that message is transmitted, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So when it comes to rap, like I said, with it's like the film of music. So people can just digest that readily because it's said with such emotion so that you can pick up on the verbal cues of this person in terms of what they're saying, how they're saying it, and the message that it is. You get it by the tone of the music in the background as well. It's like we instinctively know that minor is sad uh, and major is good. So we understand that a lot more easily than we understand the way that classical music is written. What I think is beautiful about hip-hop and what I think is... It's kind of like a golden nugget for me and why I love it so much. Most people who listen to hip-hop... I'm not to like saying, like, oh, I'm a, I, I, listen to, I listen to hip-hop for the real reasons. Most people will listen. They will take in the bass meaning of the, the vocals, but the beat is what draws them in. Mm-hmm. 
when it comes to what I do, I, li- I prefer to listen to the vocals than I do the beat. Most people go, oh, this beat's fire. I love the vocals so much. I personally, like, vocals are, are it for me mm. when it comes to, like, hip-hop music, and that's why I love it. It's not because of the beat, it's not because of whatever. I go, cool, is this vocal, is the performance good? Is the flow yeah. good? Is, the, is there wordplay? Is there, like, actual meaning behind what this person is saying? So it's kind of nice to have that, like, golden nugget of, like, oh, this, this, this little thing here, this meaning that... You know, maybe I'm just picking up on it. It's like a cool club of like, oh, you know. Yeah. Like whenever I'm just picking whenever up I hear it, something like that in a song, and I'm in the car, I'll point it out to me. Like, do you hear that? He's saying that like, oh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think one off the top of my head. Yeah. Where it's like, um, ah, uh, I don't know. I'm, I can't think of one. But a reference point. Yeah. Yeah, a reference point where you're like, this actually means like to see the way he's saying this, and he also means this when he's saying it's it. Double entendre, it's a double entendre. Yeah, I don't yeah. understand what that means, but like. um, but even even when I was saying about the 1975, where they have these Easter egg and callback things. Yeah. It's like logic when he goes fall back like September again. That's all I use, and it's like visualizing my life in actuality is like a, a way he starts his songs. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's like those kind of, and it's like you, 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 and you're like ah, that's like you know, that's a callback to this. I like I enjoy those kind of like like you said it's it's not it's along the same lines of a nugget of thing that you're gleaning from it but in a different way so I get I get what you're saying but in a different way does that make yeah. sense yeah yeah it makes you feel like you're like oh I got this thing that it's no like the artist is addressing me yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I love that what's what's really hit me as well recently is like oh shit there's things that even like like even things that you brought up or Jordan's brought up or Danny's brought up or like other people brought up where it's like lyrics in my song that I meant a completely different thing but they go, oh, well, it meant this thing, didn't it? And I go, yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck, that's actually a better meaning than what I meant it was. You know what I mean? That must be interesting as an artist because when you're writing music and you have to put all this due diligence in in terms of how your song is going to sound, what your lyrics mean and what they mean to you, it's a very thought out process. Whereas when I, I'm not going to call myself an artist in any stretch of the imagination, but if I write something for the exam and so I can, I'm like, this is the point I'm making. I can use, like, I have the full arsenal of the English language so far as I know it at my disposal to make the point and make it clear. You know what I mean? Whereas you have a set structure of this beat, this time, this word, combined with this word to get across what I'm feeling. That's... It's kind of fun to work instead of a frame. Mm. I like it. It's like, I I know where the... It, again if we bring it back to painting it's yeah. like I'm, it's not a, it's not a canvas that stretches out for the entire it's not an empty canvas that stretches out the entire world yeah i know it's a a4 page yeah it's like what do i put in this a4 page you know what i mean i yeah. know how to fill up this a4 page but if you gave me like oh you have unlimited paper i'm like fuck what do i put in the unlimited amount of paper yeah it's like this i know it has to stick to three minutes huh. i know there has to be two or three choruses i know there has to be a chorus towards in the first like 45 seconds i know there has to be some sort of intro that's between 11 and 15 seconds if i want to get it for radio play there has to be some sort of structure there that gives me how do i basically fill it's like a puzzle that i already know the outline of i just have to fill the middle Mm -hmm. you know and it makes it kind of like oh my job's easier then you know yeah i I mean the the way in which songs are written is a baffling process in general I, i just can't get over that like I, I could not be an artist for the life of me. The the majority, ironically, the majority of it is you sit down and you go, "Oh well, I've been delaying this for two months. Let me write this in fifteen minutes." Really? It's it, a lot of it is like, "Oh, I have now this some weird divine inspiration." The muse that's been pulling. Like I have not had the inspiration for two months, but now I have the inspiration to write four songs in a row. This is a hit, right? Great song. The song One that the song that everyone says is my best song, which I I'm disappointed by. Why? Such a good song. I was in the studio at 9.30 in the morning the next day to record that. At 4 a.m., I started writing that song. Jesus. I started writing that song. That's the way the art process goes. Five and a half hours before I was supposed to record it, I started writing the song. And I said, fuck it. I'm going to write the song. 
and I wrote the song in 25 minutes. And you all said that's the best song. I'm like, fuck. This is this is, this is this is this is like, what's the appeal? I'm gonna keep it real. Yeah. Oh, what a good song. I know I'm gonna make it. That's just I how I feel. feel. Yeah. You know. Even when I was saying about the double entendres, I realized that the example I used, thinking that it wasn't, was fall back like September again. Yeah. So fall back, as in fall, what the Americans call yeah, August. Yeah, yeah. Or what the Americans what they call um, autumn. autumn. Yeah. Fall back like September again. So fall back fall again like it's september again it's like yeah you know, i mean that's what was just the, the, the line so many callbacks like a tech support indian is one that i will never live down because it's my best wordplay it's my best wordplay and i wrote that at like 5 30 in the morning you know it's fucked it's fucked because at the same like it's it's so insane that this like creative divine inspiration is like in this career it's so many, like, you go, oh, you know, you put so much work in, you put so much work in. 95% of it is you sitting at an empty computer screen going, oh, I'm fucking so stupid. None of my lyrics make sense. I hate it. I hate it. Mm. I hate it. Fuck this. I'd spent the last two hours writing this shit. Delete it all. And then it's like, oh, okay, I just got this idea at, like, four in the morning. And I wake up and I walk downstairs and I go, oh, that'd be kind of cool. And then you just throw some shit on it and it works. Have you read The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield? I ha- I'm halfway through it. I, ha- I bought the book about a month ago and I'm halfway through it. Yes. I, it was the first book I read in my Kindle. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, ah, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because he treats inspiration and, say, skill or something that you're inspired by as an entity in itself. So it's like you're just an antenna sitting there yeah. receiving the message. But I think that's a good way to think about it. And he talks about the resistance a lot, which is what I imagine. I was going to say, resistance is the yeah. one. When I think of the war of art, I think of resi- the word resistance mm. because he uses that so much. And it's like, mm. it's these excuses that we give ourselves to be able to kind of feel good about not being creative it's yeah. like it's like oh i have to do this before i can sit down and do what i want to do yeah. or what i have yeah. to do rather yeah yeah but i feel like that's we can easily ascribe what our resistance is to any situation we have yeah. in any line of work yeah. and also when i think we're that, all procrastinators every single person on the earth is a procrastinator i feel like it's the one thing that everyone should <laughs> until modafinil comes in <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, then, we get there we're yeah. sword man fucking hell but um another thing that i thought of that was like a, a play in words was in I can't remember the name of the song, but I listen to it every day, which is weird. But it's a Logic song. Mm-hmm. And I'll go, um, I was born in, it's it's a whole thing that you don't realize at the end. It's like, I was born in mint condition. All right, listen, I'm everybody's life mission. And then it's like a blood, fa- blood stains my face when drug deals go wrong. I'm given to the greatest athletes when they go along. And the whole thing is like a rhyme about money. Yeah. And it's only like, oh, you I get, get it. it. Oh, Even fuck. when he said at the end, the most important thing the man money i'm like so this whole thing was about money born in mint condition on everybody's life mission. yeah i was like ah blows me away that's really simple and probably took me a long time to get probably a lot longer than it should have but again bring back to charles camino the amount of times i've listened to his music and gone oh fuck after the 400 listen mm. i'm like how did i not get that yeah you know what i mean it's it's and this is why the art form I love it so much because it's like there's so many like hidden shit that yeah. so many artists are so like they'll put it in like oh maybe some, no one will ever get this but yeah. maybe someday someone will get this. But I I love that kind of thing even in games and especially music. I feel like that's why I probably gravitate towards artists like the 1975 or Logic who do that kind of thing mm-hmm. where Logic's first album Under Pressure mm-hmm. and his last album No Pressure like that's yeah. where he started off and it just it's 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 all rhyming it's all yeah. call and response. I love it though. I love it. So when it comes to, so you have that side of your life. I'll take a sharp left turn again. How do you get from that to then going on TikTok and preaching positivity? Like what, where did the two intertwine? Or did they? Without going too in depth in my chat, the last few months have been a roller coaster ride. Last six months, we'll say, have been a very 
big roller coaster ride. A big roller coaster ride. Yeah, compared to even the last year and a half. Um, and as you said in the last podcast, I think heartbreak gives a lot to art, and it gives a lot to kind of experience and mm. openness. Yeah. And I think for me, kind of, I think the one quote that'll stick with me is that the ability to love one person gives you the understanding that you can love many. So when I'm sitting there and I'm posting on TikTok, I'm like, oh, well, should I have all this energy that I built up and I put into a relationship yeah. that is now I'm able to give out to the whole world. I'm now able to, again, without the barrier of having to individually interact with every single person on TikTok, I'm mm. able to put it out there and interact with, you know, 100, 200 people. Yeah. And they're going to, they're going to, 100, 200 people like it and maybe a few thousand people see yeah. it. And it's like, beautiful. Okay, cool. I've made your day. I've made a yeah. few people's day. You know, it's, um, it's very much me kind of realizing and switching up again, coming from what type of artist do I want to be? Do I want to be a comedic rapper? Do I want to be someone who's like, oh, I'm actually like hard when I'm, we, we both know I'm fucking soft as yeah. a, a fiddle. You know what I mean? Um, it's very much me being, what have I gone through? What trauma have I experienced? And how can I relay this onto people who are maybe a couple steps behind me? Yeah. You know, not to say that I'm better than anyone, but to say that, oh shit, people who are a few years younger than me, people who maybe have experienced different things and are, and are even harder things than I have and are like a few steps back because they have less self-confidence or less, you know, they have more social anxiety or they have more like issues with, with them, with themselves and, and who they are as a person. I can go, well, this is the shit that I've gone through. Does this resonate with you? You know? Yeah. yeah. Maybe I mean, I suppose it's a big thing in terms of sharing the journey that you're on. I don't yeah. mean that as in like a major abstract way. I mean, like you're literally... We're all going through life at the minute. And I think what everyone wants to relate to is someone else is going through life. And there's not a lot of people who we see that are willing to admit that they're going through the shit that everyone goes through. Yeah. It's people who are like, here's me on my hike at 7 a.m. in the morning. Look at me saving grace of the world. I really missed her Instagram. Oh, but that's, but that's what Instagram is. Like yeah. everyone's their own PR agent nowadays. Yeah. And that's like, we feel like the image we have to put out is always at our best. And to be fair, there's a lot of people who are starting to come around and say, well, this is me and my worst as well. Yeah. Because it's marketable. That's, not because it's but real that's the thing that's the thing i'm worried about that's the thing i think about the <clears> environment too i think that people are starting to care a lot more about the environment because it's trendy like i said to you there's a lot of corporate wokeism that's going on where people are learning yeah, the lingo fair, of fair, inclusivity fair. and diversity and now it's like okay well this is what we base our company on until the next wave of something else comes along and then we'll embrace that with as big open arms you know what i mean like are you doing this because you care about it or are you doing this because you know it's going to drive up profits and shareholders are going to be happy yeah and the same with Instagram. Are you doing this because your followers are going to sympathize with you? Is it the new fishing for likes? Is it the new no one likes me? Be my friend. Is it like, I've suffered with this and now look at me now. And I'm not saying there aren't genuine cases. Of course there are, but there are people who also want to They're just looking for that. attention. They're just looking to call like on people and be like, hey, look, pay attention to me. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Smack but, the mic a little bit. Yeah, but I feel like that's the way people have gone nowadays is that we're trying to play to something. We're always trying to play to something. We're always trying to come up with an angle in which to to market ourselves on. Yeah, you know. I think everyone wants a little bit of trauma so they can experience it. I feel like it's been so so romanticized. Yeah. Even back in the day when I was on Tumblr, like I was one of those <laughs> Jesus kids. Jesus Christ! Yeah, like I felt I was on Tumblr when I was like fifteen, fourteen. Yeah, and I was just a fuck. All it was was porn and self harm, and maybe some doctor. One of those two things I like the sound of <laughs> <laughs> mystery, mm. but. Uh, that's all it was and it was people being depressed and it was just romanticizing depression and it was people almost if, wanted to be if we're gonna get into that chat especially because now all of my stuff on tiktok all my content on tiktok which again i'm posting 
five five times a week i would mm-hmm. say on average so it's regular enough where i'm exactly. kind of like interacting people yeah a lot of the content is look people with serious mental illnesses yeah have serious mental illness yeah. if you have a serious mental illness again we have people in our circle yeah. who, who have serious mental illnesses and are actually affected by this seek help you know yeah. happy days but there are a lot of people who are just sad and yeah. that's being sad isn't a mental illness yeah it's a it really is not a mindset because i don't want to put that on people but it really is just a way of thinking if you again if you go to therapy because again i've been to therapy i've yeah. done therapy online therapy obviously but i've done therapy what the people who are going to actually help you with it's just about giving you steps and things to improve on to be able to help you get closer to where you want to be it's the same thing as as self-progression except that someone is there on along on the right with you yeah if it's more serious mental illness obviously you need maybe medication maybe you want to go to a doctor maybe you want help yeah you know but it is all moving towards the same goal and that is being able to make you more satisfied on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, I think I'm just worried about people now who are not willing to find meaning in the world and in life because that people are telling them that there isn't any. Yeah. You know? And I'm not saying that comes down to religion. I'm not saying it comes down to being a certain gender or race or whatever the case is. I think it's just individuals not knowing what makes them tick. Yeah. You know? And we've all got our fucking trauma. Some, ha- yeah. some, ha- some people have it a lot fucking it's, harder. It's all relative though, at the you end know? of the day. Yeah. Like and this idea that's pushed on us like, well, you know, you're in the twenty first century, you have all this technology, you're as connected with the world as you're ever going to be. Why aren't you happy with that? And people can't easily answer that question. Like, okay, all of this stuff is going great. It's like, yeah, that's true, but I'm also still sad. Yeah. And I like when I come back to Jordan Peterson and his thing is, well, obviously you're still sad. I mean, it's it's not so obvious why people aren't doing drugs and drinking all the time. The question, like, the question is, why are people addicted to drugs or why are people addicted to alcohol? It's why aren't they doing that all the time? Because yeah. that makes you like, like we were talking about weed earlier on. Like that makes that that gives you that escapism that makes you feel good. And weed isn't something that you're you get a dependent. You don't form a dependency on. That's it's say, not it's, it's not, not a chemical physiologically uh, addictive. Yeah. 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 But we still want that escape from reality. Or like, at least I can say I do sometimes just because, not not because I'm fed up with this, but because I want to experience something different. Yeah. It's not because I'm trying to escape. It's because I'm trying to experience. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when you have people who are... For me, I always go in with an intention when I'm smoking. I always... Really? It's a bit cringy. But like, I will never smoke without me going, okay, cool. Do I have some sort of thing I want to, in that moment of silence, It's especially with smoking with friends, yeah. in that moment of silence, what I want to address here, what I want to think about, mm. what I want to push myself on. Because without that, you're like, oh, you fucking funny, funny <laughs> jokes, like, you know, like, there's never, that, that moment of silence just becomes like, random thinking. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you kind of set that intention before, you're like, okay, cool, I want to maybe touch on this thing, I want to touch on this thing. Yeah. And then through their understanding or through acceptance, you can actually be able to progress further towards that. Yeah. You know? I get that. And I think that, I'm not saying it, it can, what I find when I do that with you guys, it's, it's like a bonding experience, you know, we're all mm. in this, it's like, here I am with my friends doing something and that makes me feel good. Yeah. And it makes me appreciate the moment that we're all friends and we're all together. And this is something like that's, that's going to be funny for us as a group. It yeah. makes me feel connected, I suppose. Yeah. Like, I, I like that. But again, I think it's, it's not so obvious why we're not happy all the time and why this agenda almost of that you're supposed to be happy, that you have everything. Why aren't you happy? And that was something that I... Well, why aren't you happy? Well, what do you, what do, you do about that? It's not so obvious. Huh. You got to be top lobster. 
You want to be happy. <laughs> but I mean, happiness, like, I don't know. Happiness is overrated. Happiness shouldn't be the goal. The goal should be... Content. Yeah, and the journey, whatever you find along the way is happiness. And it's like, you're not going to be happy all the time. You're not going to be sad all the time either. I'd rather be content because you know when you're happy because you know when you're not. And you know when you're sad because you know when you're not. You know, it's it's not so clear cut. And I think that, I suppose one of the reasons that art in whatever form you accept it is so powerful is because it can evoke those emotions and bring them up. Like we know that listening to happy music when you're sad can make you happier. Listening to sad music can make you even more sad. But sometimes you need that because you need you need someone to sympathize with you and empathize with you. And in music, you can find that the artist does that all the time because they've gone through similar shit to you. Yeah, And I love that music is so vague hmm. that you can relate to it and assign your own meaning to it. Yeah. I think that's the beauty with music is that, you know, some people are like, oh, your music is too all vague or like this person's music is too vague. It's like, that's the beauty in music. It's like, it's supposed to be vague. Yeah. It's supposed to be something that you can, you're not supposed to understand when it comes to 1975, Manny Healy's exact relationship or exact, you know, um, with heroin. Yeah, with heroin. You know, you're supposed to assume a certain relationship and go, oh, I can attach this experience that I've had onto the experience that he's had and then go, oh, well, this kind of relates, this kind of relates, cool. Now I can listen to the song as if it's this. Yeah. Because it's not supposed to be, you're not supposed to be hearing his story, you're supposed to be telling your own through the lyrics that he gives. That makes sense. I think that's the same with any kind of art. Yeah. And it's, it's weird. I'm not an emotional person, right? I'd say I'm more sensitive than I, than I am emotional. Mm-hmm. So I'm very good at not concealing my emotions, I suppose, like, but like keeping them under wraps, dealing with them my own way, whatever you want to call it. But I'm very slow to change states. Yeah. Right? I think I said this to you before. But when it comes to watching, say, I'm trying to think of movies that have made me cry. Mm. Marty and me, up. Oh. When I watched, funny enough, <laughs> when I started going through puberty and I watched Click for the first time. Oh my God, I yes. Yeah, yeah. I remember being in the cinema with my with my cousin and my aunt. I'm like, "What's wrong with me? <laughs> what? Why am I crying?" Have you ever gone to the cinema yourself? No. No, it's no. a beautiful experience, man. Really? Yeah, I went to see Star the last Star Wars, the ninth Star Wars, yeah. in the cinema by myself when it came out. So such a good experience, genuinely. Should have gone me. <laughs> I would have gone. Yeah, fair. But um, when it comes to that kind of stuff, like the Great Gatsby. I get emotional towards, mm-hmm. I get emotional towards La La Land because I fucking love that movie. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Oh, It's a Wonderful Life at Christmas always makes, like always gets me. Oh my God. You ever seen it? No. Oh, oh my good God. It's a Wonderful Life. Um, Jimmy Stewart. Amazing. Basically, long story short, guy stays in his hometown, is very like family oriented, very local oriented, runs this kind of um, credit union almost. Mm-hmm and he gets the chance to go to college and all this kind of stuff but then his dad dies and they're like oh this kind of like patriarch of the of the town will take over and make it all casinos and stuff if he doesn't and he's like he's like um no okay i'll stay and his brother gets to go to college and his brother comes back and then he he basically gets pushed to the edge yeah and he comes home one christmas after the they lose a check for whatever is like $5,000, which is obviously like a big thing in 19... Back in the day, yeah. Because yeah, the movie was made in like 1940... I'm going to say... I don't know. 1948, I think. 1949. And he goes like off off the rails and to the point of where he's going to kill himself. And then the whole... The movie starts out with 
this is like the premise of the movie. So I don't think it's giving too much away. <laughs> so I mean, there's no spoilers. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but he the movie starts out with like these angels almost talking, and like that's George Bailey, and it's like you know whatever, and they watch over him as he grows up, and to the point where he's going to commit the greatest sin, which yeah. is take his own life. So he has an angel sent down to try and save him. So that he's like, oh, I wish I'd never been born. And he's like, oh, that's an interesting idea. So he makes it so that he's never been born and he gets to walk around and see life as if he's never been born. Yeah. So he, like, he's, he's, he's also been out in the sauce, right? So he's going up and he's absolutely saluted <laughs> and he sees the girl who's his wife and he's like, Mary, Mary, don't you recognize me, Mary? And he's like, no, get off me. And then um, eventually... I'm going to spoil it for everyone. I don't care. It's an old movie. It's been out for years. If you haven't seen it, you're lost. Spoiler for the next 30 seconds. (laughs) And he basically, he realizes that, you know, life without him, the city would have been lost completely. And it's like, he's like, the whole town is like casinos. It's strip clubs. It's like, there's no good standing institutions anymore. And Mm -hmm. everything has just gone to shit. And like, even the house he lives in is run down and beaten to pieces. Yeah. So he gets to the end of it and he comes back to the bridge where he he was um where where he was gonna jump off essentially. And then like the policeman who's his friend comes up and he's like he's already had a fight with him. So he's like, Oh damn it, Bert, you come at me, I'll I swear I'll hit you again. And he was like, George, can't he's like, You know me? Bert, you really know me? And he's like, Of course I do. And then like he comes to the car and when he's reunited with his family, they all come together and fund the money for the check that they lost originally. Yeah. And it's just so heartwarming. And I can't not cry at it just because of the the love that's shown for this guy who's like, obviously it's like, you could call it American propaganda, but being like, such oh, a, you're, you're, like it's right after the war. <laughs> you're such a small town guy and everyone loves you because you stayed home and worked hard. You live the American dream. And then like everyone comes in and the angel leaves him with like this, this note and is like, uh, no man is a failure who has friends. Uh, and it's kind of the, 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 the message. The cute message in the movie. Yeah. And it's, it's, I don't know, I just really enjoy it. And that's something, I don't know if it's it speaks to everyone because everyone's gotten to that point where they feel like they can't take anymore. And then if you think about it, it's almost as if you realize that you can get through anything once you have the right people around you, essentially. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing. I think it's having the, the group around you to be able to support you. And it's like you said earlier on, that chatting with lads is different to like having a girlfriend. I'm not saying that having a girlfriend doesn't provide amazing satisfaction and someone who's <laughs> you gotta, amazing again, satisfaction. Again, terms and conditions, you got to keep that in. But no, it does. And it's a different kind of relationship. Yeah. Because I couldn't have this kind of chat with Maeve, obviously not just because she doesn't do music or doesn't pay attention to the art in that kind of form. But it, I don't know, it allows you to express in a different way and chat in a different way and be more, I don't know, authentic isn't the right word. but When you're talking to someone of the same gender and you're straight, Put it this way. I think this is why it is. I think it's because when you're talking to someone who is who you could be attracted to, mm-hmm. there's a different conversation there. No matter right. who you are. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess Both you. of us are straight men. There's yeah. no underlying incentive, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll turn the camera off in a second. But like, we're just talking for the sake of talking. We have no underlying... We're not trying to influence each other in a specific yeah. way. Yeah. For any... any other reason than just to converse. This is true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas when there's some sort of underlying, you know, and it's, it's when there's an agenda almost, when you have a goal. I wouldn't say agenda because that kind of pushes towards coerce than it does influence. Sure. But like when it's in a relationship and you're having a conversation with someone you're in a relationship with, right. you are trying to kind of like pull them to your side a little bit. You know what I mean? There is this yeah. kind of underlying, oh, you know, I'm trying to influence you, you're trying to influence me a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? That makes sense. But no, I think, I think friends are really important in that front because, again, like you said, when you're trying to 
be with someone it's almost like and i'm not saying this this is true for me or anything but if you end if you end a relationship you can find someone who you've learned from and can you can improve on because you know you can improve on like if, if you end a relationship you know it didn't work so there's definitely Obviously something in your end that has to improve. yeah whether that be kind of pre-qualifying a little bit better of someone who you actually want to be with or yeah. you actually changing yeah it's like do you, do you need to look out for yourself more do you need to look out for other people more what's what's yeah. what's wrong here or what's what needs improving on? and then when it comes to your friends you can you will find out very early on how much shit you tolerate yeah and you'll realize almost instantaneously if you want to be friends with that person or not yeah uh, like us for 19 years yeah unfortunately <laughs> oh my Fuck god is there anything you want to talk about no, I think I've kind of, I've chatted myself out. That was a good conversation. Yeah. I really I enjoyed like that. It. So, uh, Dylan, where can people find you and what should they do about it? Okay, so where are you going to find me? A little bit of ASMR here. So where you're going to find me is Dylan Green TV. Now that's green, the collar with an E on the end. I'm going to give up that, that ASMR stuff. Yeah. Um, Dylan. Really <laughs> yeah, it's good. Say, yeah. Uh, Dylan Green TV everywhere. TikTok, Instagram are the main socials. Anything else? Not worth fucking. I, I don't tweet. To be fair, I whack up a few retweets, but it's not even worth following me. Um, TikToks that if you're if you're someone who's kind of into the more positive chat, which obviously you know, knowing Ryan, a lot of the people here will be will be very much into that kind of chat. Uh, TikTok's the way to go, um, and then Instagram as well, where it's kind of I, I it's the broader scale for where I update everything. Um, so again, Dylan, obviously Dylan D Y L A N Green, the color with the in the end, and then TV. And I thought you put the color as an E in the end. It's like, it's not the other way you spell it. It's the normal way you spell it, but with the other way at the end. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. But yeah, Dylan, uh, thanks very much. Um, I actually enjoyed the vibe that we have, funny yeah. enough. I think it's, it's very interesting. Oh, wait, crazy. Oh, kind of crazy, baby. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. We started a podcast. Huh? We, we started just, a podcast. Yeah. Cut yeah. <laughs> on. Yeah, we're oh. oh, fuck. I forgot. I have to. Yeah, sorry. Um, Fuck. If you're listening on Spotify, subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe awesome and if you are listening on apple Podcasts, i don't know if many people do but say something nice leave five stars and that'll be good with me or if none of that sits right with you and you know you feel like it you feel like there's been some positive chat something someone can relate to or get something out of please share it with a friend because that's free right thanks folks